Breathe in through the nose. Out through the mouth. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how we start every single episode of the show. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Lucas. My name is Christian. And I'm Liam, here with another podcast that just talks about movies. Today, we are coming to you live from the eye of the polar vortex. I don't know if y'all have heard, but it's really fucking cold Super here right cold. now. Yeah. Minus 45 uh, a couple days in a row. Yep. Man. Yeah, it's it's not fun. And that's Celsius, of course. That's but Although, at that point, Fahrenheit and Celsius are actually pretty close to the same thing, yeah. so I guess it doesn't matter. But either way, it's cold! Uh, and we are also a sponsored today by our patrons. That's right. Every single uh, one of you is going to get a special shout-out at the end of the show. That is right. Uh, today, we are going to be uh, talking about cancel culture. Yeah. yeah That'll for, be fun. For the most yeah. part. I think I think that's a good way of phrasing it. Yeah, I think cancel culture. Let's, yeah. let's say this is, because let's say this past week has been interesting. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of talked about it in the past. Like, we've we've had conversations about, like, censorship and whatnot. But I do think that this one... You know, there was that little... time when you were, uh, what is it? You were pro firing James Gunn when you didn't have a full story. That is not true. Liam is not remembering <laughs> that episode very well. Um, anyway, yeah. So, like Lucas said, we're going to be talking about a little bit of canceling people and why we feel like maybe some people deserve to be canceled and maybe why some people don't. Who knows? It depends on the person, I suppose. Uh, depends on who they are, what they did, and all sorts of things. That's right. Yes. Um, what are we moving into first here, though, Lucas? All right. First off, we're going to do our ingestion. That's right. We're going to talk about the stuff that we saw, played, read, whatever. Yeah, that's right. All that good stuff. All right. Uh, who wants to start? Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, right. So I have seen a couple of mostly just TV shows, to be honest with you. I have two movies that I did watch. Um, I think one of them you guys are going to roll your eyes at. The other one you're probably going to pat me on the back for, but we'll see. <laughs> Uh, first thing I finished is Dark Materials season two, um, and I know that both. Oh, of I you... forgot to watch it. Shit. Yeah, I knew <laughs> I that both of you were. Behind. I still haven't caught up. Yeah, I know, Liam. Yeah. You're on episode. You just you've you've only watched the first two episodes, and Lucas, how you're pretty much. At the I end, think or... I was four or five episodes in. Okay, there's only seven of the, for this season. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting because I remember the subtle knife being a little bit longer than uh, I was the Northern Lights or the Golden Compass. Mm-hmm. It seems like they packed a lot in. Um, again, I have never read the book um, or the the series, I should say, but I've been informed by other people of certain things that happened and things that have been omitted um, from the show. Uh, that seem like in in having being told those things, they seem like they make sense for why they're omitted. Um, just because it would just add another character or bog things down. Um, so I like the show a lot. Um, it's my kind of jam. It's sci-fi and it's fantasy, and it's just that's my thing. Um, when you blend those two genres, and uh, I think Daphne Keene is really proving herself to be a very competent um, um, young actor, and and I do believe that she's going to go 
pretty far in terms of when it comes to I think she's probably not going to go too much too heavy into TV, into movies I should say I think she's probably going to find her find her footing in uh, in television series for the first little while and then find her way into into feature films once again I think Logan right. definitely was the was a good breakout place for her um, really mm-hmm. showed her talents because it showed how she's capable of acting um, without words and then also with words, but then also with intense amounts of emotion. Something that Lyra definitely has um, at times. She's definitely a lot more bratty. <laughs> um, she's a very bratty <laughs> character. But as this for second season goes on, she gets less bratty. Um, mm-hmm. And definitely a little bit more protective over Will. I do think the guy who plays Will sometimes is a little dry. Um, I kind of agree. Yeah. I've seen him in one other thing. I can't remember what what it was, but it was some Netflix fantasy series. Oh, okay. Uh, and he was fine. Yeah. I was going to say with the uh, omitting characters thing, one thing to keep in mind is that I had a feeling that they weren't going to do that because, well, his Dark Materials is a hard adaptation to pull off. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially like, especially just in when it comes to getting around the whole, um, uh, what is it, the Catholic Church trying to cancel it again or whatnot. Right, exactly. Um yeah, I do appreciate a lot of what they're setting up for um, Amber Spyglass uh, and just like how things are going to play out in that season. Um, for those of you that are familiar with the book, and I know Liam and Lucas are, there is a character who dies, um, and I was very upset. <laughs> Not going to spoil it because I do think this is one show that, you know, it's still on the air, so I don't want to spoil anything yeah. for it. Um, but I was very upset and I did not know it was going to happen. And it's a very, very, very emotional scene. Um, very similar to the death that happens at the end of the first season, um, where, you know, when that character, um, passes on, it's a very emotional for one specific character. And this was a little bit more of an emotional scene for the audience because <laughs> you learn to mm-hmm. love this character so much. Um, but yeah, I really, I really liked it. I think uh, I can't wait for the next season. It's also the final season, so they're only doing three, um, which I do really appreciate. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if BBC goes and maybe does like an Azrael show because um, Philip Pullman wrote three, three extra books that build. Uh, on. There are three other books that kind of just expand on the Lauren universe. Yeah, because I know there's just a handful of characters. There's one called Lyra in Oxford where it builds on her time there. Um, there's one that's only about Lee Scoresby, which would be just a great show to have. <laughs> I, <laughs> I support that. And then one all about, is it, his name's Azrael, right? Um, yeah. And I, there's a book just all about him. Um, so I think if fans are wanting it, they might do maybe mini series for those. Um, cool. but that's just my thought on it. Um, I also watched a TV show on uh, Disney Plus. No, it was not WandaVision, although I am caught up on WandaVision. Uh, You're not it, watching Forky asks a question again, are you? Nope, I'm watching Earth to Ned. <laughs> Which okay? Do you know what Earth to Ned is? No, it's a um, talk is show. It, uh, is it uh, Ned's declassified? But as a middle-aged <laughs> fat guy, no, it is a talk show with a giant puppet. Uh, ah, who, that sounds right up your alley. Who is, yeah, he's an alien who came to Earth to destroy it and then just ended up liking the humans, so he made a huh. talk show. <laughs> and, he, and he hosts it from the, from the center of the Earth um, with his, his friend Cornelius, or his co-host Cornelius. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a giant puppet with four arms, and it's made by the Henson Company, so that's even better. And I watched the first episode I watched was a later episode because I think there's like 22 episodes or something, and they're only half an hour long. 
And the first episode I watched had Kevin Smith on it, because duh. Um, that was the first one I was going to watch. And it's just ch- so charming, because they just... They don't bullshit around. They get right to the point of why you're there, but then also make fun of the fact that you're on a show with a giant alien puppet. <laughs> like, yeah, really drive it home. Um, I think it's just hilarious. It's a very funny show. Some of the guests definitely aren't the best, and it's like, who who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who you are, slash you're not funny. You don't know how to act with a puppet. Like, Kevin Smith knew how to act with a puppet, and I was like... You've never worked with puppets outside of like Tusk, and even then, that's not a puppet. No, there's uh, a, a big puppet in uh, in Dogma. The giant poop monster. You have a shit demon. Oh yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, so he's worked <laughs> with puppets. Anyway, there's. It, it's, and he's also a filmmaker, and just that's kind of common knowledge when you've been in the scene as long as you have. Yeah, exactly. But I th- I think it's a very very funny show, and I do think, um, I don't think Liam would like it very much. But I think Lucas, you would you would appreciate it for what it is. Okay. That's for sure. On the note of puppets, and I'm just gonna slide this in in this part of the episode. Um, if you want to go see a movie that I I wrote when we were in uh, Sate, uh, you can go to the Thunder Lizard YouTube channel and you can find Google Eyes Tell Lies because I I posted it on YouTube and I wasn't allowed to, but I did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so you can go see that if you want. Um, there you but, go. Yeah, I didn't. I'm not posting about it outside of here. So if you mm-hmm. see this, go watch it. Um, uh, I watched, <laughs> I watched the, uh, Macaulay Culkin, Richie Rich movie. Um, okay. Again, just God, out- <laughs> I forgot that exist. Like, so did I purely out of purely out of just, um, nostalgia. Cause I watched that movie a lot when I was a kid. Um, I can see why, uh, it's not very highly regarded. However, I assume a lot of the acting is really bad because let's face it once home alone 2 came on macaulay culkin being a 10 year old superstar did not give a shit anymore he did not (laughs) give a shit and it does show in his performance he doesn't care Mm. um but the guy who plays uh the dad in jumanji um i can't remember what his name is but he he is uh the butler in in richie rich and he's just great he's just super fun um it's a kid's movie it's it's for yeah, children. Yeah, but I mean, okay, here's the thing, though, is that whenever I, whenever somebody uses the term kids movie to justify something not very good or stupid, it drives me crazy because I'm like, why, well, do we think kids are idiots or something? No, but it's a, a different level of appreciation, you know? Like, if you showed that to a kid now, they'd probably think it was a lot of fun because, I mean, it does glorify, um, you know, the rich and it makes inherited it like, wealth. Yeah, inherited wealth and why that might be a positive thing for a lot of people. But I mean, the kid's got a McDonald's in his house, right? I mean, that make for okay, then I know that has nothing to do with what <laughs> I was just saying. That doesn't sound like a very good idea. Yeah, it sounds like an awful idea for McDonald's. Like why would who owns that franchise? Oh, not just for McDonald's, for that kid. Like, he's just going to sit around and eat Big Macs all day. I don't know. He seems like he's... <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, so I watched Richard Rich. It's scored by Alan Silvestri. So that's also oh. a positive note for me because he did these beautiful films uh, above me. Uh, as well as just about everything Robert Zemeckis touches. Yeah. Even if it's shit. Yeah. He also did uh, Lilo and Stitch. And he's also known for the Avengers theme. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, then, I'm pretty sure he also did Cap in uh, the MCU. I'm pretty sure he did a lot of, so. he did additional work there. Yeah, I think so. 
Um, and last thing I watched, I watched it right after the Super Bowl um, and slash watched it after the Super Bowl. I watched the halftime. I got up to the halftime show and then I stopped watching the Super Bowl because who cares <laughs> about the Super Bowl after that? Um, but I watched True Lies uh, with Arnold oh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And God, it's a fun, it's a pretty fun movie. I like that movie. It's the fucking bomb. <laughs> fucking chasing, a, chasing a biker on a horse. So I didn't know that the movie. I thought it was just like an over-the-top action movie, and it is. But it's also just Arnie's worried that his wife's cheating on him. That's yeah. the plot of the movie. And then once it gets to the point where he finds out she's not, it does go back into being an action movie, but also just like a buddy cop movie too. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. really appreciated it. And I think yeah. Bill Paxton's performance in that movie is really underappreciated because he's fucking hilarious. Um, he plays this, I'm sure you guys know, but he plays like this skeezy guy who's tricking Jamie Lee Curtis into thinking he's a secret agent when really he's just a used car salesman. <laughs> um, <laughs> and anyway, it just like they go down that route. And uh, yeah, doesn't Tom Arnold. Movie, sorry, go ahead. Does, I was going to say, doesn't that movie also have a very young Eliza Dushku? It does. Yes, very young Eliza Dushku. Yeah, because I was going to say, this would be like. About like, 10 this years would be before like, some. Yeah, this would be like pre Buffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about 10 years. Because mm-hmm. she did Buffy before. Um, uh, Jane Silent Bob or any of that. Yeah, so it was about ten years before Jane Silent Bob is what I was thinking of, and um, yeah, and I also didn't because like there's a bit at the at the end of the movie. This movie's I, this one I can spoil, but there's a part at the end of the movie where Arnold, <laughs> like you think everything's all solved and everything's good, and then I was like, oh, that I mean the movie's almost done, and and my partner she was like, no what about Elijah Dishku? And I was like, oh shit, right. And then Arnie (laughs) takes a fucking fighter jet (laughs) and goes and like fights terrorists in in a high rise building with a fucking fighter jet and and has Elijah Dishku like hanging off of it. (laughs) The guy get hooked on a missile and be told he's fired before blowing up. So great. Yep, 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 yep. It was just fantastic. The one one moment from that, like, it's been a long time since I saw that movie, but like the one moment that is like stuck in my head is when uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis finds out that Arnold is like a spy or whatever. And she's like, have you ever killed anybody? He's like, Yes, but they're all bad. <laughs> they're all bad, I promise. Yeah, because he's got the awesome. truth serum in him. Yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. she's like, are we gonna die? And he's like, probably. But <laughs> yeah. just like the look I on will. his face, where he's like, Pro- like, yeah, most likely. <laughs> yeah, I will also say that it is would probably be refreshing to watch that movie again now because it's kind of the last movie James Cameron made before he developed, well, b- before he became a victim. What of mm. what? Of his himself. own ego. <laughs> oh, I see. yeah, and I I don't disagree. I was with confused you. for a second there. It's funny because it feels like a Michael Bay movie, but it's very much a James Cameron movie in the way that the story plays out. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, if you ask me who directed that movie, I guess Michael Bay. <laughs> I mean, Wouldn't keep in mind, uh, James Cameron is one of those filmmakers who really left his impact on Michael Bay as he hit big when it's Michael true. Bay was in like film school. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently Michael Bay also used to follow David Fincher around and just idolize him. And he'd be like, dude, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, having like a little imp follow you around. That's fine. <laughs> um, that's it. Uh, that's, uh, that's, oh, I finished Shadow of the Torturer, but I'll talk about that later. Um, cool. Yeah. 
right. Uh, I guess I can, I can go next. I don't have too many things. Uh, and I'll get this out of the way first because I know we talked about it last time, but season five of The Expanse has come to an end. Uh, and last episode, I believe I said that they probably were not going to shove the last three books in the last season. Um, I may have been incorrect about that, <laughs> judging by the way the season ended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's just some things that happen uh, in the last episode that uh, I don't think happened in book six and lead to a lot of stuff that happens in books seven and eight hmm, okay. and probably nine. That one's not out yet. Um but I'm excited for the last season because if, if they're doing that, it's going to be action-packed, that's for sure. <laughs> cool. I, I heard something um, about an airlock scene, and that's like all I know about it, but mm, uh, I don't know. It's very sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there is an unfortunate part of um, uh, the episode because this isn't the airlock scene, but um, a certain actor on the show uh, was fired uh, after... Uh, he was accused of sexual harassment and sexual assault mm. uh, by multiple women, including one who was underage. Um, so that actor was fired. Uh, he was not, he's, he's not returning for season six. And the way they dealt with that character was kind of clunky in my opinion. Okay. Um, which was I mean, unfortunate. I'm assuming if, uh, I mean, I don't know who this actor is or what was going on, but I'm assuming it was one of those things where we're like, Oh shit, we got to do something quickly. Yeah. It was, it was after they had filmed everything that all this came out. Uh, uh, and um, I can talk about this a little bit more in the main segment so, since it's sort of involved with canceling, but I think they did a pretty good job, uh, like the company, uh, the the studio. But anyway, moving on from that, uh, I played a game. I played a video game uh, called The Banner Saga 3. Okay. Uh, I, I think I talked about The Banner Saga games uh, one and two a while back on the show, but for a refresher, it's sort of a uh, old Nordic fantasy game. Uh, like there's these big people called Varl with like horns on their head. Mm -hmm. uh, there's humans, there's the uh, centaurs or in the universe are called a horseborn. Um, and these, uh... <laughs> that's <laughs> um, what they are. <laughs> yeah. They're horseborn. That's it. Do they um, look anything like that? Oh, was it like that centaur horse guy that I sent you a picture of that scared you? <laughs> no. Or are they more like the horse people and sorry to bother you? No, they're not that either. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, they they're just they're they're basic uh uh just centaurs with except less of a Greek theme and more of kind of a Celtic theme. Mm -hmm. Um but uh this main story of the banner saga is uh these things called dredge, which are these stone people are coming out of the ground and like invading, and uh you're playing this caravan of people who are escaping. So you're not like on the front lines battling and stuff. You're in this caravan constantly trying to get away. Get away. Oh, okay. Uh, and then uh, you're constantly having to make all these choices along the way that will cost you resources, time, people, fighters, etc. Um, and by the end of the the third one's the last one. And at that point, you there are two kind of stories going on. One is kind of the front lines fighting, trying to solve the problem thing. But another is just uh, they're they're holed up in like the last city that hasn't been taken, um, and they're just trying to keep things together. And you have to make all these decisions. And if you make the wrong decisions, uh, people will start uh, fighting each other <laughs> instead of the people who are trying to break in. Um, and it's 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 a really really interesting game. I played it all the whole thing in one day. It was a ten hour game. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the mechanics are. Uh, 
pretty different from most games. The initiative system is very different because uh, it makes you play a little differently because in most turn-based games, it's like every character rolls initiative or whatever, uh, and then they take their turns. And this one, it's similar, except it is always your turn, their turn, your turn, their turn, no matter how many characters are, are on either side. Oh boy! So in that way, having a ton of characters can be a disadvantage versus a team that only has a, only has like two or three. Because they'll go through faster. On yeah, there, exactly. Right. Yeah. So having like a couple strong characters is actually generally better than having a bunch of weak characters. Right. Uh, so it, it's it's just a very different way of playing, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's pretty. It's it's kind of bleak. Like uh, it's hopeful and hopeful, but also bleak because like they will not hesitate to kill a character off if you fuck up. Mm. <laughs> and it's permadeath, Which, I assume. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, like if. Uh, if you lose, if you lose a battle, narratively you don't lose the battle, but everybody becomes injured and becomes weaker for the next battle for the next couple of days. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of how that works. And it's, I, I recommend the series. They're, they're, they're all very fun. Uh, and the last thing, uh, I finally got around to watching HBO's Chernobyl. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Which I'm only laughing because of a joke I made to Lucas on Twitter. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have heard outstanding things about it. It is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 the acting in it is incredible. It's uh, I know there's uh, uh, Stellan Starsgard, uh, Jared yep. Harris. Yep, those are the kind of the two two of the main characters there. They're, they're probably the two the two biggest actors in it. Uh, they're both so good. Uh, historically speaking, it's fairly accurate. There's some things they did for story purposes, which is fine. Yeah, um, like they introduced one character, uh, uh, Emily Watson's character. Um, who is just representative of all the different scientists that worked on Chernobyl. Okay. Um, and ultimate, and it's, I don't know how to, so Chern, the reason like Chernobyl exploded was for a bunch of reasons. One, uh, incompetent management, uh, undertrained staff, and also a fatal flaw in the type of reactor that was, di- that, uh, was, was being used that the government covered up because they are embarrassed by it. Oh, okay. Um, and so none of the people who were working on the reactor knew about this fatal flaw. Uh, technically, these are spoilers, but also Chernobyl actually happened. It's a so real thing. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Cherno- I'm pretty sure everybody is at least familiar with Chernobyl as su- in some capacity as it yeah. played a major role in what ended the Cold War. It was in yeah, well, and what ended the Soviet Union. Yeah. yeah. I know it was in yeah. Priviat. I know that's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if I'm that remembering correctly, like, I remember, like, uh, Chernobyl broke down and... Uh, been of a soviet union like after a bunch of attempts to salvage it or whatnot it just got fucked more and more and they had to ask the u.s for help and yeah um or they had to ask like uh somebody associated with the u.s for help and i know that's what helped uh uh well they they had to ask uh west germany for help uh because they had a specific robot they needed but (laughs) um yeah (laughs) but it's it's pretty it's it's a really really sad story because like these people on top fucked up hard and then all the people at the bottom had to fix it Mm -hmm. and uh it's also kind of like kind of beautiful in a way because all these people went in to fix this problem uh and i i i want to distinguish it it's not like a soldier going into battle because a soldier has a chance of dying obviously uh but like most soldiers even in modern wars survive and go home yeah with uh probably with other injuries obviously but like these people who were went in to fix Chernobyl 
had a 100% chance of shortening their life significantly and decreasing the quality of their life uh, significantly. Right. Like but they um, had to do it for the greater good of Yeah, exactly. Right. Um like they had to do it otherwise worst case scenario Europe could become uninhabitable. Like <laughs> When was it? That's how bad it could have been. Well, uh, 19... Br- uh 1988 80... I think. Yeah, 88. No. Uh, or no, 87 it would have been because Yeah, it was it was 5 years before the Soviet Union fell and they fell in 92, I think. Hmm. Um but yeah, some late late 80s basically. Um and all these people, they were just willing to do it. Obviously, they didn't want to do it, <laughs> um, but like they they did it. Some a lot of it, a lot of people did it out of like uh, a sense of national pride, which is unfortunate considering the Soviet Union. Um, but like they did the right thing and and, sh- and like ruined their lives for it. I it's mean, yeah. it's sad, but also kind of beautiful. Right? And this seems to be a lesson that we still haven't learned as shit shit like this continues to happen, where the people yeah. up top make a big fuck up. And then, uh, uh, what is it? Even damn well knowing that this is going to lead to a fuck up, and then the workers have to go clean it up. Yeah, no, it's especially watching it during COVID. It's like <laughs> it's very poignant. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I mean, it's not to the same magnitude, but even like when the economy yeah. collapsed in like 2008 or whatnot. Yeah, and like yeah, how fucked all power, the workers powerful were. People, yeah, powerful people making making uh, big mistakes and not really facing any consequences. Uh, and people on the bottom have to fix it at the expense of their own well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, like, aside from all that, it's it's such a good series. Like, I, I I love shows and movies and stuff about like just uh, humans trying to solve a problem. There's not necessarily like a villain of the story, but they're using their their ingenuity and their uh, resourcefulness to just like solve a problem that seems unsolvable mm-hmm. yeah, kind of like uh apollo 13 or yeah, um the martian. or like the martian yeah those, those yeah. are the two that were in my head <laughs> just very uh pure humanistic uh recounts of uh or framework for uh storytelling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i yeah I, it, it's only five episodes uh it's very very good i don't recommend watching it all in one go because that takes a toll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really dark yeah especially episode four uh, I don't want to spoil it, but it's also something that, like, uh, I, I recommended to my sister, but also talked about episode four a little bit, and she doesn't want to watch it because of that. That's fair. Um, if if you want to know about it, look up uh, the Chernobyl liquidators and their duties. Uh, and if you, if if you read through those duties and think you're okay with it, because they go into some they go into some detail. Um, the liquidators. Uh, the liquidators. They they were the ones who were cleaning up after they had contained Chernobyl, essentially. Uh, a lot of their duties included like uh, burying the ground, like they had to uh, like flip dirt over because the dirt was irradiated. So they, they would have to dig and then put uh, the dirt was up that was at the top at the bottom and put dirt over again, hmm. stuff like that. Typically, when a nuclear disaster happens, like you need to dig like a good eight feet or so into the ground, and then you have to flip it all over. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, even exactly. Denver also debates about uh, the uh, repercussions of doing that. Yeah, yeah, well, in some ways, it's really the only option they have, even though it's not a very good option. Um, one of their other jobs um, was to deal with irradiated animals in the area. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, boy. Um, and, and, this was can... a, and this was a civilian location. So I, I'm going to let you 
put dogs those together. and cats and stuff. You can and go online. That, that is that's largely what episode four is about. Yeah, Christian, um, you can also go online and still look at uh, animals that are still mutating from Chernobyl because Chernobyl is still radiated for in a lot yeah, of areas. Yeah, I know oh no, it's it's un, it's yeah. still uninhabitable. It, it's yeah, I'm pretty sure. Zone. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so because I'm pretty sure only like government officials can go there, and it takes like a few years of training before you're allowed to enter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was apparently, like during Chernobyl, there was uh, graphite that was around the reactors. And when the reactor blew up, it put that graphite everywhere. And that graphite was like heavily irradiated. And there was one of the roofs was covered, or three of the roofs were covered in graphite. And one of them was right above the reactor. And in the show, and from what I can tell, this is relatively accurate. But what they said was, if you went onto that roof in full protective gear for the time, uh, in two minutes, your life expectancy cut in half. Wow! In two minutes. In two minutes. That's wild. Yeah. That's so much radiation. And it's and it's so heavily uh, irradiated that like electronics don't function. Like they they for the other roofs they were able to use like uh, uh, moon rovers uh, mm-hmm. to like push the graphite back into the core. Um, on that roof, they that this is what they they borrowed a police uh, robot from. Uh, from West Germany to to push all that off, but the Soviet government lied and gave the German government a lower radiation number, uh, and so they're like, "Oh yeah, our robots can handle that," and gave uh, the robot to them. But of course, it was like like five times higher than that, mm-hmm. and so they put the robot up there, instantly died. Uh, <laughs> That's wild. It's it's uh, it's it's a really really good series. It had me reading about Chernobyl for the next couple of days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want a book, Lucas, that's about nuclear fallout, you should read oh. "On the Beach" by Neville Shute. It's a good on one. On the beach. Okay, I'm writing that down right now. But Neville that Shute. is about everything I have. So right on, Liam. What it is you your turn? All right. Uh, I didn't really watch a whole lot this week, mainly just because I've been playing. Uh, I've just kind of been gaming. Uh, I decided to because uh, I got a copy just mainly by happens happenstance i replayed the simpsons hit and run mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh was one of my favorite games from when i was a kid it's a good uh, one. partially because it's gta but the simpsons <laughs> and without the prostitution yeah yeah yep. <laughs> okay. uh what do you call it uh I will say that some of the levels are fucking bullshit yeah once you <laughs> just get to like, them. the fifth level it's it's brutal it's brutal how yeah, hard the timer is ridiculous uh, a lot of our missions repeat themselves there's also a fact that for some you have to go collect a bunch of money and the thing unlike a lot of other games the money doesn't respawn when you go back there later so like say because oh, no. every time you get hit by a cop car you have to pay like a fine of a hundred bucks um and then there are some cars you need to buy that are like uh like fifteen hundred dollars or whatnot it's <laughs> It's pretty ir- irritating in a lot of areas. <laughs> I just used cheats when I played that game. I'd always get Professor Frank's rocket car. That's <laughs> how so I beat that game. Um, yeah, no, and uh, overall, it's still uh, really fun. I do like how it is essentially a, sim- a long Simpsons episode that you can play. Mm-hmm. Um, the graphics, very early 2000s, as expected. Um, I was... I don't know. I guess I was just happy that I was able to get acquire a copy to play through again because I was looking for one for a while. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Because I just look. Uh, I've been playing it on the old X on my old Xbox. Cool. Uh, mainly just because uh, I was looking for one for my GameCube, but uh, then I was on the Facebook market and I saw that there was one a guy selling it a few blocks away from my place. 
Nice. So I was like, well, I might as well just walk over there and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. Um, and also, uh, I decided to finally sit down and watch WandaVision. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, not bad. <laughs> oh, there you go. that's a much better review than I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I a will big say fan. this, though. Big, big this fan. can very much change because this show does one thing that... Uh, uh, was it that is either a make or break so much of his show was built around intrigue and how it's going to pay off in the end and if it does not pay off that could bring down the entire show that's fair there's nine episodes and we've seen five so far i believe it ends on march 5th or something like that or 15th i don't know but yeah so we have half, we're about halfway there so um liam i'll let you talk about wandavision first before i start talking, um, talking about it you know, I will say they do a very effective job at recreating old television. Though, uh, by the time they get to the 80s, I wish they would branch out and just do television in general instead of sitcoms. Because it makes sense for, like, the 50s and 60s because, well, that's all television really was around that time. How how would the show work, though? It's a, it, The whole point is that Wanda grew up watching sitcoms. Like, yeah, she probably didn't also- watch Cops. Like, or probably, could you imagine, I'm like, sure she watched some shred of television. Yeah, but do you, could you also, imagine WandaVision, but it was cops? I like, would watch the shit out of that. Yeah, me too. But like, um, just vision running around in the police uniform. A lot of this also comes, a lot of this also comes from the way the creators talk about the show or what number. Like, oh, it's a big love letter to television. I'm like, uh, no, guys, this is a love letter to sitcoms. Yeah, very specific sitcoms, too. Very, very specific um, sitcoms. Yeah, like the most recent episode was very like Malcolm in the Middle, Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very um, much so. Which is uh, which was a lot of fun for me to watch, at least because that was very much my era of like uh, that kind of television. Yeah. And Malcolm in the Middle is one of the only sitcoms in history that I could stomach. Um, But I will also say uh, all of the acting is really, really good. With uh, one exception, because they bring back one of them. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil anything, but they bring back probably the most insufferable character in the MCU. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, as soon as she popped up, I was like, "There is no way this fucking imp shit has a PhD." Meow meow, <laughs> meow meow, meow meow. <laughs> that um, gives you a hint if you know, if you know anything about it. Meow meow. Like that's enough of a hint, <laughs> I think. Um, and uh. Yeah, no, just as soon I luckily she doesn't bring down the whole show, but I'm like, yeah, no, fuck you. Get out, get out of here. Yeah. Like every we've made our points clear. We all hate you. Why did you bring her back? <laughs> all right, that's enough. All right, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, of course, I'm being facetious. <laughs> yes. How uh, was it? But Paul Bettany all, though. Fucking Oh, uh, yeah, Paul Bettany and uh, Elizabeth Olsen absolutely kill it. Mm-hmm. Um there're also uh, some people who I was kind of surprised to see pop up. Like, um, oh, what's her? Uh, Catherine Hahn is there. Mm-hmm. She's um, so even good, in one, too. Even in one episode, uh, Anya from uh, Buffy is in it. Oh, cool. Who's that? Um, in uh, the second episode, you know that uh, kind of uh, posh... Uh, uppity woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who uh, cuts her hand, and like you see, yeah, she was uh, Anya, the uh, vengeance demon on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. And it was kind of fun to She's see great. her pop pop up because I'm like, wow, I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I haven't seen her in anything besides Buffy, I don't think. Well, yeah, no, from what I understand, she's just been doing cons in recent years. Hmm. Well, good for and her. again, good most job. people on that show kind of dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> uh, but no, overall, I am really enjoying it again. I'm just, there's there's some stuff that I'm scared they're really going to do that, it's really, that I'm really going to hate. 
like the whole uh like it seems to ever going the route of oh uh wanda faced a, a bunch of trauma and now has gone fucking crazy and i'm like that's gonna piss me off so much because i'm like okay so uh what is it wanda faces trauma and she goes crazy and turns into a villain when uh other characters like thor face trauma it's just all a joke or whatnot and like right, uh right it's like oh they can come back around or whatnot it would just reinforce a lot of broken gender norms or whatnot yeah that's and especially that's yeah and especially poor treatment of female characters that I've seen in a lot of television. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's like, oh, men can handle trauma or whatnot, but as soon as a woman deals with it, they go fucking crazy and ruin everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. they go that route, I'm really going to hate it. I hope the show is smarter than that, but given, uh, uh, what is it, I have mixed feelings about the writing team of the MCU or yeah, the people fair. who are in charge, uh, well, uh, it's just kind of a wait and see type of a thing. But I don't know. I'm overall. I'm enjoying it. I just hope they stick the landing. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, is that everything, Lou? Uh, yeah, that's really all I have to talk about. That's the big three. All right, if uh, Lucas, if you want to, we can talk about it during our post-show recording here. Um, I believe someone is hammering stuff in my apartment right now, and it's driving <laughs> me bananas. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll go maybe if we want to talk about uh, like some of these things in greater detail in the uh, post show, then we can talk about these things. So if you're willing to stick around and if you want to follow along, go to Patreon.com/slash/thunderlizard and you'll be able to uh, follow along in the post show. Anyway, moving into our recommendations for this week, um, my first recommendation and only recommendation, and I've talked about it several times on the show, and I don't think I'm ever going to stop talking about it. And that's good old Gene Wolf, my boys. That's good old Gene <laughs> Wolf. Um, Shadow of the Torturer, probably my new favorite book. I wouldn't say of all time, but it's one of my new favorites. Um, it's a slog. So I finished Shadow of the Torturer today. Um, and I need to read uh, The Claw of the Conciliator, which is the second book, and then move on from there. Both of the, both of the, sorry, Shadow of the Torturer and The Claw of the Conciliator are both in this collection so as you can see it just kind of picks up right in the middle so there's two books there um and then the same thing with the second volume the second volume is two books um there's a, th- a fifth book called the earth of the new sun um which is more of like a coda so it just kind of like wraps everything up um in a nice little package uh and then there's actually uh six other books that are fit into the the series there's three that are called or maybe there's four sorry there's four that are called and fit into what is called the the um what is it the light of the bright sun or something like that and then the something of the the heavy sun i can't remember i can't remember at this exact moment but the entire series is called the book of the new sun that's the whole series anyway um shadow of torture so good um definitely more problematic than i was willing to really um like be aware of, sorry, than I was aware of. It was more problematic than I was aware of. Um, having said that, the book came out in the 80s uh, and is and is kind of... also something inherent with the, uh, what is it, with the fantasy, fantasy genre, especially by, written by older people. Yeah, the fantasy sci-fi genre. Um, its treatment of women is not very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Severian very often treats women very 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 poorly um but because the book is from from like a first person perspective um and he kind of makes him he's a very unreliable narrator so he he makes himself seem and feel like he's the greatest fucking thing in the world 
But as the audience and as you read it, you're like, wow, this guy sucks. <laughs> like, he's such a <laughs> piece of garbage. And like the way that he speaks to women and the way that he treats women is very, very um, important to follow along with in the book because I think it's going to show where he ends up at the very end of the book and how kind of like what I've heard about the Witcher books. Yeah, where mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a redemption story, but you're not supposed to feel like this character deserves redemption until he inevitably does receive it. And then even then you should question why he received that redemption, you know? Um, having said that, Gene Wolfe is a very, very, very good author. Um, some of his writing is just beautiful, but also sometimes very misleading and very confusing. Um, there's a lot of things that when you're reading the book, you're like, "Where? what the fuck is, how is this going to pay off? And why is this here? And then you read like later on in the book and it's just, nope. That was just there for your enjoyment. That was just there because I'm a good writer. Fuck you. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. But then, you know, there's a couple characters that end up coming back later on in the book. And you're like, oh, okay. I see why you were set up when you were set up and how you were set up and what the payoff is and whatnot. Um, but yeah, Shadow of the Torture by Gene Wolfe. Uh, good book. And I do suggest it. It's quite long. Uh, so just be aware of that. Um but one thing that's really helped me in reading the book is there's a podcast called Alzebo Soup, um, and they basically just talk about Gene Wolfe books. Um, it's a very well-produced podcast, but it's just these two dudes, and they just talk about Gene Wolfe. They're both like literary dudes, so sometimes they say stuff, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> shut up, you pretentious prick. Uh, I don't know if it's a matter of being pretentious. It's probably more so a fact that they're experts on the subject and are talking in the way academia has taught them to. I wouldn't call them experts. I would say that they are fans. Um, doesn't necessarily make you an expert. But if you're literary buffs or whatnot, and uh, that's what your background is in, <laughs> doesn't talking bad about them uh, using proper terms for it come off as somewhat anti-intellectual? All right, Liam, what's your recommendation? <laughs> Sorry. Or Lucas, what's your recommendation? Sure. Uh, so I'm going to recommend another another YouTube channel. Nice. Uh, the it's under the name uh, just the creator's name Ziran J Zhao. Okay, is her name, uh, and she makes uh, media critiques, specifically movies and uh, uh, TV shows, um, specifically through the lens uh, looking at like uh, Asian uh, culture and history, more specifically Chinese because she's Chinese, mm-hmm. uh, but. She's she's very new to YouTube. She only has five videos um, so far. We're coming in the, on the ground floor, everybody. <laughs> well, her first video has 2.2 million views. Okay. Um, <laughs> her first video is everything culturally, long, culturally wrong with Mulan 2020. Um, so that's why that she popped off right away. Uh, but she's also done a video on the animated Mulan. And she's also done videos on the first two seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm. I and wonder why you talk- like it. <laughs> and she just uh talks about like uh asian and chinese mostly chinese uh history and the influences that uh the people who created uh those uh stories uh drew from it's really really interesting her videos are very long also they they range from half hour to an hour <laughs> yeah but that's I the algorithm though that's youtube for you people that's pe- true yeah. that is true uh, I think I, I think uh, all the information is great. I think she has some things to learn in terms of like presentation, in terms of like energy, and she speaks very fast, uh, but like not super clearly. Mm. Um, that would drive uh, me crazy. But... <laughs> so if that's not your thing, uh, maybe don't watch it. But like the information and uh, is 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 great. I find it very entertaining. 
Great. That, yeah, I know that does sound, uh, uh, what is it, actually quite appealing. It's good. Liam? Um, given that uh, I forgot about recommendations today until uh, I'm going to recommend uh, one of my uh, favorite. Uh, it wrapped up a little while ago. One of, one of my favorite uh, ongoing comics of the past couple of years, which is Tom King's Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, as of now, I've only read the first four volumes, I believe. Let's see here. Yeah, that's uh, the first four. But I don't think anybody has had a voice for uh, Batman quite like uh, Tom King in a while. Like, uh, I mean, uh, like I liked uh, Snyder's run or whatnot. Snyder's run is very much, sorry, Scott Snyder, that is, is very much my Batman. But his writing is also uh, not very character driven and very fan servicey. And just like, uh, look at how cool fucking Batman is. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, Tom King gets more into like uh, the psychological and um, more uh, deconstruction philosophically of Batman with his writing, but he still managed to re- manages to retain a sense of fun. Like his Batman is still very much Bat God. Yeah, very much. Like so. he has a plan <laughs> for everything and can do just oh, yeah, yeah. like uh, there's one story where uh, essentially he has to go uh, get this thing from uh, Bane's Island. So he essentially put or there's a character that uh, he needs to go liberate from there so batman essentially puts together his own suicide squad to go deal with it and uh i was it i don't care if i spoil it this far in now but he essentially batman breaks bane's back as payback yep <laughs> and uh then uh the next volume follows like bane comes back like with a vengeance and it's a whole deconstruction of what how what makes each of them tick and it kind of started to sell me on why I think it makes sense to consider Bane to be one of Batman's greatest enemies. Um, but no, overall, uh, again, I would highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, um, it's like kind of uh, the best way I could describe the way it's written is it's kind of like uh, it has some of that weird uh, Grant Morrison-y dialogue, but it's also but its tone is very Batman the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, again, overall, that's probably what I would recommend. Yeah, right on. So those are our recommendations for the week. You can find those down in the description down below on whatever service you happen to be watching this on or listening to it on, I say. I've, I've started to lean really heavily into people watching us on YouTube, but most <laughs> of you are listening to this, and I still mad respect for those of you that are listening to it. Um, anyway, yeah, so that, like I said, that's the recommendations for this week. Uh, we're going to go for a quick break. Um, before we do that, I am going to do a quick plug for our Patreon again. So patreon.com slash thunderlizard. Um, go there to get uh, up-to-date information about the show and other things that we're doing. Um, you can also go there for... Um, uh, so we're recording this on a Monday. This is going to come out this Friday. You're probably going to get this earlier than that if you are on Patreon. So congratulations to those of you that are there and you can... Uh, interact with us um if you sign up for one of our higher tiers you get to ask access to our discord server where uh there might be some events here and there that'll happen in there uh where you can talk to us if you want i don't know if that's a thing that uh will happen but we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. anyway like i said maybe one day maybe one day we'll do a stream and just answer questions who yeah, knows who knows this has been the ingestion and the recommendations for this week so we're gonna go for a break all right see you in a minute all right. Um, All right. I'm starting. Yep. When if you're ready, are you ready? I'm scribbling just to get rid of excess brain energy. Hang on. <laughs> 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the Thundercast. I got everybody when they were adjusting in their seats, and I was, I was very, <laughs> very pleased with that. So yeah, welcome back to the Thundercast. Uh, today we are going to be talking uh, for to to. to Put it in the most layman's terms possible. I want to say cancel culture is probably the easiest way for us to explain this. I think we're probably going to talk about... Me, personally, I'll probably have more information and stuff about specific individuals rather than the entire um, movement. I'll call it a movement. Um, I do, and I also have uh, sor- some sources pulled up. Mm-hmm. Would you call it a movement? I don't know what you would call um, it. Um, I, I, I can't think of a, of a better word. Sure. Um, at the moment. Okay. Yeah, for the sake of shorthand, let's say movement. Yeah, movement. Social phenomenon? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so, like, cancel culture, in a way, is uh, essentially taking um, an individual or a piece of work or um, a number of things and essentially saying, in, in my opinion, essentially making it so that that thing is no longer a thing, basically. Hitting the nope button. Hitting the big old nope and being mm-hmm. like, hard, no, we're not allowed to watch this movie anymore. We're not allowed to watch this anymore. Um, kind, of, kind of like a, a boycott in a, a way. A boycott. That's the best way of putting yeah. it. Yes, it's, it's a boycott. Um, the reason why we're talking about this today um, is because over the past couple weeks, there has been a number of th- uh, things that have come out from actors uh, who have worked with very specific people, um, most notably Joss Whedon. Um, and who, uh, and with uh, Gina Carano, last week specifically was a very uh, big week for it. It's been a thing going on for a while, mm-hmm. uh, was it? But like last week was uh, where we had two and one, and we figured, well, well, a continuation of one, and well, continuation of mm-hmm. both, quite frankly. But the the height of both of them, they I came to say. a head last week. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I suggested we do this episode most specifically because of those to those two individuals. Um, We have talked about things like this at great length on the show before. Um, You can go back and listen to our episode on censorship, um, which having had these conversations multiple times recently might not have aged very well. Um, That episode might have some things that we're going to contradict. So just be aware that um, we are... (laughs) two years older <laughs> at this point <laughs> um things change our opinions maybe have have grown up a little bit um i, I still mean, feel like I, we, we feel the same about most things there's um, also the fact that there's one thing people do need to understand as well is that if you revisit a subject it's not always because like a lot of people love to think but it's that your opinion has automatically changed it's not always that sometimes it's that your attitude changes a little bit yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i agree um, to kind of start the conversation, that so building off of what I was just saying, um, there are things uh, that we have said and things that we have done on the podcast that I'm not necessarily the most proud of, jokes that we've made, um, etc., that are still available to the public. Um, they will remain that way um, because they. If you listen to the show now you'll know that we have grown up and some of those jokes are not appropriate anymore. There's things that I do regret saying on those episodes. Um, There's also things that I regret doing in my own personal life um, that have driven a lot of these conversations for me personally and why I'm going to defend certain things and why I feel like certain things, not necessarily defend, but stand in the the eye of of understanding. um, I also 
also I do want to for some audiences I do want to put up a warning because there uh, yeah. was it a warning as there might be some things that come up that could be uh, was it some subjects may come up that are distressing in nature yeah that's yes thank you Liam for mentioning that yeah so trigger warning for a lot of things um, censorship warning not censor warning uh, it, it's trigger warning that's all I can really think of in, in, ter- in terms of that content warning that's the other one I was looking for <laughs> um, uh, that yeah we are going to talk about some things that may be distressing for some people so if the, if um, things like sexual assaults, um, abuse against minors, um, things like that, or things that bother you, then maybe this is not the episode to listen to. Um, go watch the live show. That's it's it's go go back an episode, watch that, skip this one, wait two weeks. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to mention that that we I am personally coming from a place where I know that we I have said things on this show specifically that have not aged well and I do regret them. I don't want to take them down for the sake of showing the growth of an individual over a long period of time. So that's where I'm coming from on this. Um, anyway. Also, I do want to keep this directly towards the larger subject as a whole because um, I was it because there's uh, there's one troubling thing. I'll get into more detail later, but I found there's one thing I found troubling with this whole movement or things, particularly with uh, some people who have involved themselves. I was it with people that I found where some people tend to go off and want to make this more about them than they are about a larger issue. Right. And that's not something I'm at all interested in positioning myself on. In fact, uh, one thing I do want to start off by saying, which is, uh, what is it? Um, I was, it's, I hate the term cancel culture so much. Sure. Because I'm well, one, because canceling should. Well, one, I just hate the term cancel in general. Yeah. I was it just because like there's no way of positioning. It. It's automatically just a negative thing. There's no it just hurts any way for discussion. And it also shouldn't be about. And the, this movement, in my opinion, should be about not shouldn't be about completely erasing things or whatnot, because, well, let's face it, certain things exist. There's nothing you can do about it whatsoever. What it needs to be about is accountability. Yeah. Not cancellation, accountability. Yeah, not cancel culture, consequence culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is a little bit... I don't know if you said that, Liam, or if Tanya had said that, but yeah, consequence culture. Hold people accountable for the things that they've done. Um, st- if they continue to do these things and don't show any growth, then I feel like it's okay to to cut off, sever ties, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I guess uh, where do we start with on this? So I know we were already kind of talking about him, but I think we could probably start with Gina Carano. Is that how you say your name? Yeah, uh, I, yeah Gina yeah. Carano. So we already had problems with with them before we went into Mandalor or Mandalorian, or they had they had problems with a lot of uh, people and and groups of of individuals. Before the Mandalorian even happened, you know, Gina Carano is, is 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 a known transphobe. Is a, is a very and known... also it was also the fact that when they were or when she was casted on the Mandalorian, uh, what is it? That's when a spotlight really started to get shined on it, mm-hmm. because like nobody really gave a shit about Gina Carano outside of like her MMA stuff before, or UFC before. Um, like she had Deadpool and um, uh, what do you call it? And uh. Fast or Fear, Fast and Furious Six, right? But come on, the only reason people remember her Fast and Furious Six is because she has that cool fight with Michelle Rodriguez, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, so she, she, the reason she was removed from her place on The Mandalorian 
um, was because she's a re- she's a very devout Republican. Is that right? Um, um, or at least she there hasn't been an official stance on what her political leanings are from her at least. But based yeah. on a number of things we know, we can at least get some with some kind of idea on where she falls. She's I I, I would I would pretty comfortable say, comfortably say she's conservative. That's fair. Yeah. Um, she was she wasn't really she wasn't fired for being conservative. She yeah. was fired for <laughs> propagating conspiracy theories essentially. Yeah. Uh, like the one, the one big one I saw was a post effectively comparing uh, conservatives to Jewish people during the Holocaust. Yeah, that was the big. Which, that was the last straw that uh, got her fired. That yeah. came out last week. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen various like anti-mask stuff and like uh, uh, anti-trans people stuff and stuff like that. And she had also and, spoken against BLM. Okay, I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. That doesn't. That one me. was a while ago, but that is one thing. Other thing that led up to this. Mm. And uh, yeah, anyone with any historical knowledge about uh, the Holocaust knows that that's utterly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jews were uh, persecuted during the Holocaust for being Jewish and not even in the religious sense, in an ethnic sense. Right. It's, it's had nothing to do with their beliefs or, or what they did or anything like that. It was purely who they were born as is why they are being prosecuted. You aren't born conservative. You are, you either learn, con- be, learn to be conservative or, uh, from like parents and your whatever, or you decide through to be conservative you're, yeah, through environment or through just, in my opinion, callousness, but <laughs> <laughs> also within uh, where Gina Carano's background is, is in uh, like professional wrestling or whatnot, or is it though? Uh, what is it? Uh, let's just say that is a very conservative, right, inherently right wing environment. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, yeah. there are a lot of uh, professional wrestlers that are Democrats or it's whatnot. It's a lot better than like, it used to be. I agree. I, but like, um, I mean, I'm just thinking like, uh, for every like Barack who or Batista who are a Democrat, there's like a um. There's a Kane who's the libertarian mayor of a town down in um, Texas. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> was she she was a WWE. She was in the WWE. Uh no, she was uh, MMA and UFC. Yeah, UFC. Yeah, I know that much. Um, but that already is kind of a breeding ground for that kind of um, uh, belief, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah. Those also, those cultures tend to be pretty right wing. Mm-hmm. And uh, transphobia has been coming up a lot, not just from her. Like there have been claims about Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. There have been claims about like, uh, was it about a number of other people who participate in? Uh, uh, was it UFC or MMA? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So exactly, it's not necessarily a very good place. Um, I do think I agree with her firing. Um, I so with some some exception, obviously. Uh, because okay, not exception. There's no exception there. Uh, sorry, what I'm trying to say. Oh is, no, yeah, she needed to be fired. No, she definitely needed to be fired. The fact that she was hired in the first place is where it's more troubling, in my opinion. I do think that Disney, um, Disney needs to be held accountable at too for a lot of mm-hmm. why she stuck around for so you know, long. Disney is getting no praise from us on this for firing her no. because uh, they're only doing it to save face. Is one thing I want to make very clear to our audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you, you don't fight like. You fire somebody who works in a fast food place because they they start a grease fire. You don't fire them when they finally burn down the building, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's what she did with her with with her role on the Mandalorian. Um, I sent to Lucas and Liam. Uh, was it Friday? I think. 
when she's she's starting that she's in that movie with with that Ben Shapiro uh, is yeah she's partnered oh, yeah. with uh, uh, Ben uh, Shapiro to make uh, or the studio vet up platforms the Daily, ben the Daily Wire yeah the Daily Wire is is producing a film with her yeah. um like of course <laughs> of course you and she has also been directly uh, backed up and defended by uh, Ted Cruz as well as Tuck Carlson yeah. Ted Cruz, he said all the worst people. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna read. I'm wanna, going to read directly yeah. what uh, Ted Cruz said because I'm just gonna. It's oh, one of the I stupidest things it's I've so ever dumb. heard in my life. It's so dumb. So dumb. Just uh, give me one also, moment the, the, while I find it. The fact that a politician was able to write things, well, politician. For those of you at home, I did air quotes. Um, yep. Was able to write something like this. Um, it's just baffling. Someone it's who so, is elected to represent, uh, like. A large, a huge portion of people. He's a senator, so like half of Texas, I think, is yeah. what it is. But like, go on, Liam. So this is what uh, ten Cr- Ted Cruz wrote uh, not long after her firing was announced. Excuse me. Texan Gina Carano broke barriers in Star in the Star Wars universe. Not a princess, not a victim, not some emotionally tortured Jedi. She played a woman uh, who kicked ass. Who, who girls looked up to. She was instrumental in making Star Wars fun again. Of course, Disney canceled her. I would just like to point out, like, how like women aren't victims in Star Wars very often. No. Not really, no. no. Like, like, I, like, there's definitely criticisms to be made of Star Wars in terms of misogyny. Mm-hmm. But, like, for 1977, having Leia be a badass... <laughs> Was a pretty bold move, like, <laughs> and the person who was the spearhead of the uh, rebellion, at least from what yeah. we knew at that time. Yeah, exactly. Like Star Wars has ne- has never really lacked for badass women. Maybe there's not enough, and that's definitely an argument you can make. I agree. But like, even even Padme, who is probably the most victim-like character, wasn't fully a victim. Like she held her own when she needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but problems with her character weren't that she was a victim; it was that she was horribly inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just badly written, but <laughs> but like there's there's countless like women in Star Wars who kick ass, especially if you go into like the shows and the books and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's Star Wars has never lacked for that, so I don't know where he's coming from. Yeah, me neither. I, I think he's he, like trying he, to sound woke or something. I don't know. <laughs> he, he's only ever seen the Mandalorian, and even then, it's just because <laughs> of her, and so his knowledge of it is quite minimal. Um, yeah. Also, fuck Ted Cruz. Like he's also you're on, the list. You're, on the, also, you're on the list. You're on the list, Ted. See Ted, Cru- <laughs> Ted Cruz is also one of those idiots who's convinced he's a feminist because he's an Ayn Rand fan. <laughs> he, <laughs> I'm not. I am not kidding. That's a thing. I read some of his oh tweets, and he tweets about Ayn Rand all the time. He's he's like, not a smart fella. No, he's really dumb. He makes Calgary look bad. <laughs> Because uh, he's from. I mean, here. he doesn't. Well, he's you don't here. really need to do a lot to make Calgary look bad. But no, <laughs> what's his name? Cody Co does that for us. Just kidding. Um, um, but I will say, I was going to say that I do. I am in one hundred percent support of um of her firing for a number of mm-hmm. reasons. One, because it was about fucking time. I yeah. uh, was it, especially after all of that. So there's obviously the nail on the coffin. Uh, two. Even if she does believe these things, she picked the worst possible fucking time to start saying that. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of a fucking impeachment trial. Or, you know, like just <laughs> yeah. just never. Yeah. Just but like, I mean, never still, say like it. there's an extra degree to that when you chose to fucking do it when yeah. like the yeah. whole country's going fucking crazy. Yeah, definitely. And lastly, and this is one thing I really want people to understand. Yes, free speech is a thing. 
However, Mm -hmm. free speech does not mean you get to keep your fucking job. Yeah. Yeah, like, and let's be clear, legally speaking, Disney had every right to fire her. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they're, they they did not break any laws or anything like that, and also she's well off, so she's fine. But like, uh, I I blanked free speech. Free speech, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, free speech doesn't uh, protect you from social consequences of your words. It protects you from legal consequences from the government. Right. Like that's that's all it does in the in in most countries anyway. That's uh, like in Canada, that's how it works, uh, and in the U.S., that's how it works. Uh, for the most part, those two systems systems are similar. We have more hate crimes uh, here, but like not more hate crimes committed. <laughs> yes, free speech is important. Um, yeah. Is important mm-hmm. and useful. However, one thing people need to forget is there are always consequences I, for yeah. your actions. I agree, Liam. I don't think pe- people who use free speech as a as an argument don't know what free speech is yeah like it's 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 this is like a hundred year old internet meme but it's like uh yeah you're allowed to say you're allowed to say things that make you an asshole and i'm also allowed to tell you that you're an asshole right like exactly it's that simple like (laughs) yeah like um if i were to tell a joke on here that was you know quite like just blatantly offensive more so than I have in the past. You should and, be expected uh, to answer to it. Yeah, and I and I I will if I need to. Right, it's the same thing. Like mm-hmm. if, um, with my with my employment, for example, because Liam and I work in the same place. If we were to be fired for anything we had said on here, it would be rightful, in my opinion, because this face is still a representation of that brand. Whether mm-hmm. or not it, these two things are connected, these two things are not connected at all whatsoever. What I do here and what I do there are completely separate, but this is the, the defining factor between those two things, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and, and it's the same thing with 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 what she said. Um, eh, that's what she's sorry. <laughs> with what she said on Twitter and on Instagram and, and everything. TikTok. And the TikTok Nazi and, thing came from TikTok. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't know. I thought it was on Instagram. But anyway, um, you are representing yourself. But you are also representing my brand, and your face is that defining factor. It's so, also yeah. this is also something I see a lot with uh, that I wish would be encouraged more. And like, say when I go on Twitter and I see like comic book writers or whatnot, I was it. I'm not going to name any names because it's irrelevant. But there are some writers out there who need to understand that it's like, okay, this is your job. You need to. There needs to be some set of pro- sh- oh, shred of professionalism on here. Are you talking you about Rob Liefeld? <laughs> not only him it's not i was i guess there is the gentleman who can't draw hands and feet but there is also a number of other people who um i was where i'm like this and it's the same for gina Carano. it's like this is your job there needs to be some shred of professionalism when you're outside mm-hmm. of it especially mm-hmm. when you have a platform like you do it, like okay like liam and i had this conversation on saturday was it saturday night i think uh, yes like and you can you can hate me for what i'm gonna say right now there is room for locker room talk um in some regard you know, yeah. like, yeah, provided that in, that in, does not leave. In private. Yeah, in yeah, private. Yeah, it's, that that does not leave your bubble, right? Yep. If if you want to have those beliefs in private, then so be it. But like I said, you there is a level of professionalism, especially when you're in the public eye. Having said that, if, if anything bleeds out of that little bubble, you are still held accountable for it, right? Yeah. If anything bleeds outside yeah. of that bubble, you should be held accountable, and accountable for it. that's why I get pretty annoyed when I hear people go up and say locker room talk shouldn't exist to begin with. I'm like, no, locker room talk is inherently supposed to be a private matter that a group of people inherently uh, consent, uh, that a group of people consent to and partake in. Yeah, but... It only becomes a problem when it bleeds out of that. I do also want to say that 
if you use that, if you say locker room talk as, a, as an excuse for what you said during that private encounter, you're, you're, no, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it's I no think, longer think, that anymore. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's bleed, that's why I yeah. said if it starts to bleed out, yeah, it's no there longer is a locker problem room there. It's no longer locker yeah. room talk at that point. It's like it's there's a yeah. public now. And also, there's a big difference between, uh, say, uh, just uh, dicking around with your friends, uh, just trying to one up each other in a, I was in a private space just trying to see how much you could push each other's buttons between, uh, say, like a forum where you're spreading, uh, was it where you're on a forum spreading hatred or whatnot right. and use the excuse of, well, I was just talking to my friends. If it's locker room talk, I'm like, uh, no, it's not. This is out in the public for people to consume. What were you going to say, mm -hmm. Lucas? Uh, I think uh, one of the problems I have with the whole cancel culture thing is it's it's sort of tangentially related to what you guys were saying is there is there doesn't seem to be room for people to grow like at right. the moment right like like someone can come out and be like like hey i don't fully understand like non-binary people or something like that and then they're and, and they say something that's kind of ignorant and then people jump on them create a dog pile and uh and this Use person was a scapegoat yeah, and, and people that person now thinks that like, oh, okay, the people who believe this this stuff are crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, and I've and seen that can that really drive people away. And I've seen that with a number of people who I've met in my life. And I'm not going to name names because, well, I think we're stupid. But <laughs> and I know these people personally. Carry on, Liam. <clears throat> um, but like that's one thing that, and that's why I'm against the whole idea of cancel altogether. It shouldn't be about canceling and erasing people. It should be about holding people accountable. Yes, exactly. In fact, as soon as I hear when I, as soon as when I hear people go off and say like, and I had a rant to Lucas about this the other day. In fact, uh, this is gonna start a new segment. It's called. You know what I hate? I hate <laughs> Liam, something we're not, controversial. No, we're gonna change that name. This is this is a this is a temporary name because it sounds too much like you know what really grinds my gears. Yeah. Anyway, okay. You know what's irritating? You, sure. you want to know what's really fucking irritating? It's when something controversial comes out about like, I was it again, like say Gina Carano or uh, I was it hair. I was a JK Rowling or uh, Joss Whedon or all of that. Not to, and no, this is not a defense of any of them before you take any of what I'm going to say out of context. When I hear people go off and their first responses uh, was it isn't uh, this person needs to be held accountable. It's what does this say about me? Am I not allowed to watch? Am I not allowed to enjoy Star Wars or Buffy anymore? Like, right. do I need to go out and get rid of all my things? Your enjoyment of that is a private matter and something you need to come to terms with on your own. Going mm -hmm. off and saying that these all need to be erased and gotten rid of is fucking bullshit. You are taking a larger issue, making it about you instead of actually holding these motherfuckers accountable. Yeah, Liam and I, Liam and I talked about this on Saturday even. So Liam's had this conversation with both Lucas and I, not to not collectively, but together. I'm oh, sorry, individually. And yeah, for, for someone like like Whedon, for example, so like building off of what Liam's saying, Whedon has made my favorite Avengers film. Whedon Age of has Ultron. also made some of my favorite shows and pieces of media. Same, In fact, same. Lucas and I have been Whedonites for probably, uh, was it a good portion of our early adulthoods? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, and, but also that doesn't, and no, that does not change the fact that we believe he needs to be held accountable. Yep. However, we don't believe we're not going to go off and make this whole thing about us and just start like painting over our DVDs and whatnot and being like, look at how woke we are. Yeah, <laughs> I still I still have Firefly on my shelf. Like I still yeah. I still love that show. That doesn't change that. And, and I don't think it ever will. Like, right. No. Like but, I can still like I can still quote Buffy and like uh, yeah. and take away a lot of what I've learned from it. What is sad about it and what does really hurt and make this a little dicey, though, is the fact 
if we're getting into Joss Whedon, is the fact that what hurts most is the fact that Whedon was always perceived as being like the gold standard, like male Hollywood feminist, and he doing mm-hmm. a lot for that. But now we know it's all just a facade. Yeah, it's all a lie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just the whole, and again, it's not just the whole like him cheating on his wife thing. Cause as I've said before, that was something, that was something that him and Kai Cole needed to sort out on their own. But what we've heard from Charisma Carpenter, James Marsters, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, and uh, August uh, T. Jones, I believe his name is. Yeah, well, even Sarah Michelle Geller, but yeah. 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 But I mean, yeah. I'm thinking of like the really big statements that have come out. Yeah. And Ray Fisher. And Ray yep. Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I Gal was following. <laughs> Yeah. I was following the Ray Fisher thing. Uh, I was like, like just because I'm like, this is a serious accusation that needs to be, uh, that needs to be taken into account. What uh, one thing Ray did say was that uh, he believes that it was because Whedon got was so uh, pissed from his Ultron experience that he carried it over to, um, uh, was it Justice League? Mm-hmm. Now we're learning that probably wasn't that wasn't the case. If you go back, like now that we know the full story as to why Charisma Carpenter left Angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like. Within within the fan fan community, uh, the situation with Charisma Carpenter and Angel was always uh, pretty sketchy because right. we kn- we knew for a long time ago that she got fired for getting pregnant. Essentially, I mean, because uh, yeah, but sorry. the detail that we understood it as and what we led were led to believe for the longest time it was because not because she got pregnant, it was because she didn't tell anybody and it really fucked up production. Mm, mm-hmm. um, that's what we were led to believe. However. In fact, uh, uh, was it start? I'm going to pull up a Charisma Carpenter's statement. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, you want to start fielding this a little bit? Uh, sure. Yeah. Within the fan community, like, yeah, her being fired for being pregnant. And there are a lot of different uh, sides to that story. But, like, at least from my experience, uh, the consensus was that that situation was pretty sketchy mm-hmm. and a lot of things were handled very wrong. And it seemed like a lot of the blame laid at, was laid at Joss Whedon's feet, rightly so. Um, but it sounds uh, like he bullied her off the set essentially kind of yeah because like also the way her character was dealt with in the show is is some of the worst writing in a joss whedon show to be honest yeah there's Uh, a reason i believe it's season three of angel right uh season four oh yeah because there's a reason they say we don't talk about season four of angel among the fan base (laughs) Um, yeah it's it's i think it's the worst season of any joss whedon show but um yeah, like it, it was a weird situation. It made the show worse, uh, and some people blame Charisma Carpenter, but from my experience, anyway, most people seem to blame Joss Whedon. Uh, and and for the longest from what time, I, I was hearing was that it was the studio and it wasn't them, and like who mm-hmm. uh, put the foot down or whatnot. But now we know Whedon had his hands yeah. in it a lot more than we were led to believe. Right? Yeah. yeah according to Charisma Carpenter's statement, uh, Joss was just a dick. Like yeah. he was, he was abusive. He was manipulative. He wasn't, uh, he was denying phone calls. Yeah. Um, there was one writer who worked on uh, Angel and Buffy the other day who said that uh, there was some casually cruel language and like there was an accusation of uh, oh, Whedon apparently bullying a writer and to a point where they cried and he praised himself for it or like how he talked himself up about it after. I mean, yeah, big, statements like that are a little over the top, but I am going to take them with, I am going to uh, listen to them regardless. Yeah, so yeah. Me, me too. On that note, building off of what Liam's saying, when it comes to damning statements, um, something that Michelle Trattenberg said, where it's like, mm-hmm. he was not allowed to be in the same room as me as a child. That's a very damning statement. That's and essentially like the, the calling worst, him a pedophile. That's the, the, the worst part of that was she, uh, she in that statement, she said, 
he's not allowed he was not allowed to be in this alone in the same room as me again oh right again so yeah oh i didn't i didn't know that i apologize for for misquoting that that is obviously i do stand with michelle traction burger whatnot i was at vote i do have a question of like the biggest concern question I have is what does that look like? Exactly. So that so that's where I was going to build off of that was that I don't want to 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 expect more to the story, but I do need a little bit more context before because that is a very damning statement. Like mm-hmm. that already instantly hearing that phrasing that and and what she had said puts it in the mind that he and I'm not victim blaming here and I'm not not on the side of the of of the victim. Um, Oh, sorry, or on the side of the uh, of the victimizer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not on any side because I don't know the information. But basically, makes him sound like he did something that is more deplorable than what it probably sounds like. In my opinion, again, not opinion. In my thought, I wouldn't call it an opinion. In my thought, I think, and we all know it. Whedon has a temper. It's it's it, that's that's been well written for years that he has a temper and he and he kind of doesn't put up with shit. Um, in a very, very, very bad way, we have now learned. Um, yeah, like, just the thing when she says, uh, wasn't allowed in the room again, like, again, like, I am going to believe, uh, or what is it, or stand with, um, uh, was it Michelle Traxenberg on this? Me the too. question I do... Child abuse is child abuse. It doesn't I matter do if just you hit have them, a, yell at like, them, you do something sexually just a, to assault, sexually assault them. It's child abuse. It's one like, way uh, did you, t- uh, was it, did he touch her or be more hands on in a way that he shouldn't have been? Did he yell it? Did he lose his temper on her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. She, she, if she did not come forward with that information, I don't know that we have a right to ask for it. And, and yeah, uh, and, in this situation, but like, I, I definitely understand. My mind went crazy with possibilities as well. Um, I think, but I do think we know enough uh, at this point to like effectively, quote unquote, cancel Joss Whedon. But yeah. like, also, the dude's career has essentially been over for a while now. Yeah, Agreed. like Joss doesn't. He's not working for anybody where he has a continu- or he has a considerable amount of power. He still needs to be held accountable, regardless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't oh, yeah, sound definitely. like it doesn't sound like for the past couple of years anybody's wanted to work with him. Yeah. Be- like he was doing that HBO show for a while, or was it? Was yeah, talks he, to uh, the the Nevers or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And it just sounds like and even he HBO, left. Yeah. H- well, he left. I don't think he left. I think HBO fired he him, and he said, yeah. "Yeah." And they were like, "You're a dick. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, we don't want to <laughs> deal with you anymore." So yeah, I do think that's what happened. I agree with with Lucas. I think effectively, quote unquote, canceling Joss Whedon is totally fine. Um, yeah. and it's, it's a totally reasonable thing. Again, Liam, you're rolling your eyes. You know what we're trying to oh, say. No, I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm not rolling my eyes. Sorry. It, Sorry. If it came off that way, that was, Fair. I am not rolling my eyes. I am listening <laughs> to what you guys are saying. Um, because um, I, he, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that like, uh, the one thing to take into mind, it, uh, into account is that I uh, was that things do have degrees here. Yeah. And it's like, especially with the whole weed and doesn't really have a position of power right now which inherently make it a different degree than the, um, the JK Rowling thing or whatnot. Like there's not really any sense of, of like just blacklisting any Whedon thing whatsoever, because well, one pretty much everything that's out there already exists and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, was it, he doesn't collect, uh, was it with JK Rowling? The difference here is that JK Rowling has all of her rights and is directly profiteering off of everything that still comes out with Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's where the issue there is a lot more, you really got to be more careful about how you consume Harry Potter with that. With Whedon, For it's sure. like, well, most of that money you get from like buying a copy of Firefly 
primarily goes to Fox. Yeah, it goes to Fox. So building yeah. off of that, um, something that I had mentioned not to you, Liam, but to, to Tanya yesterday um, was that, um, yeah, Wheaton writes those things. Yeah, Wheaton directs, directed those movies, those TV series that we like, um, show ran, whatever. The, sh- the thing with TV versus like an author. So with JK, like she is the sole proprietor of that mm-hmm. property. Whedon is not. No. No. When you think of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the first thing that probably comes to your head is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, is Sarah Michelle yeah. Gellar. When you think of Angel, the first thing that comes to your, comes to your head is probably David Boreanaz, right? Or the character Angel from is that Buffy. Not da- is that not David Boreanaz? Yeah, that's David Boreanaz. No, yeah, Boreanaz. it is. Oh, okay. it is. You're right. You're right. Okay. I'm I'm just saying like, that like, I was like, did I just say something wrong? You guys are just letting me have this for a second. No. <laughs> no, Whedon, no you're, uh, you're right. You're right. Okay. The thing with Whedon is that when you think of most of his things, it may, unless you're like a, it, unless you are like a brown coat or whatnot, it does your mind probably is going to just go towards the content itself exactly it's it's it, like a lot of those things are made by the performances are made by the the actors are made mm-hmm. by the and, cast and also and the other the other writers on the show as well the other writers on the show yes and a lot of them he have gone wrote on a lot to... of that dialogue and yes they they happen to be spitting it out of their mouths however if i tell you to say the word what you're going to say it differently than how i just told i wanted you to say what Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a tyrannical director is probably going to be an asshole. You know, someone like like Woody Allen, who we'll talk about, um, you know, is is probably going to be a little bit more. No, do it my way. Right. But mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't know. I've never seen him on set. But and like, also, I was going to say this does tie into what you're saying with the whole content, 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 Okay, <laughs> it was just going intent, 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 it, it, intent, happens. intent. <laughs> it happens every once in a while. So just for everybody who knows at home. Hello. Hello. Okay. Good. Oh, there we go. So there you go. You're back. So Liam, you know, okay, we know intent. <laughs> yep. Um, but what I was, what I was going to say about the whole like piece of work itself or whatnot, but one thing we didn't also the thing with the whole like Buffy Firefly and all of that is again the fact that. So many other people came together and worked on this. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. What is it? Yeah, that's what I'm adding on to. So the fact that I'm like, we can't just discredit all of them because, uh, mm-hmm. what is it? Because uh, the person who show ran it, like, it just plays into the whole troubling of like, uh, uh, was it the whole damn it, the whole troubling thing of the auteur thing that comes right. in when you uh, talk about uh, media or whatnot. Like, we can look on the flip side of somebody who held themselves accountable for what they did. Um, and with Dan Harmon, you know, like Dan yeah. Harmon held himself accountable. And, and I mean, I will, and, as much and as did, I hate Dan Harmon, I will give him credit for that. He did actually answer to it. Yeah, he answered to it. He apologized for it. He received a, um, not reconciliation, a, a forgiveness from the person that he abused. You know, like, I mean, he did his best to, to, to make things better. And now... His career, I wouldn't say is flourishing. I mean, it's kind of I mean, I do trudging think along. his writing hasn't matured as much as he himself claims to have claimed to have matured. But that's fair. Yeah. Um, but like, there's this whole like. Keep in mind of other things that came out of like collaborations with that stuff. Like, uh, was it like without uh, like Buffy or whatnot? We did get Drew Goddard out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen uh, Denight, who uh, show ran Daredevil. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, uh, Jane, like, Jane Espenson, who writes on like every show ever, it seems. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, uh, Marty Noxon, who did a lot of uh, mm-hmm. other vampire work after Buffy. 
Yeah. Mm. There's a, uh, there, there are so many uh, incredibly talented people that came out of those shows and like we can't I I like canceling Joss Whedon fine. Canceling all the stuff that he uh was a part of is not fine. No, it's ridiculous. Again, JK yeah, that's, that's also is... not fair to all the people who worked on those shows. It's not fair to Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh Nathan Fillion, Jewel State, uh David Boreanaz, all those people or right. and I, I named all actors there because that's kind of where my brain goes, but also the actors, uh or sorry, uh, the the other writers, the producers, like the set designers, the the DOPs, like, uh, Firefly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, one other thing to take into account is, uh, and this is something I was talking with uh, Ezra about a little while ago, for, oh, was it when the J.K. Rowling stuff came out, which is um, when we were trying to look on the bright side of everything. Because, again, the whole J.K. Rowling thing is a whole other issue of, like, because she continues mm-hmm. to hold all of that power and has a very da- and is spreading dangerous information with a platform she has. Mm-hmm. But one thing all of these also have in common is, I'm not going to take away from the fact that a lot of this media also did inspire a lot of young people who went on to become yeah. amazing creators. Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, even if Joss Whedon was a whole fake about uh, feminism and whatnot, Buffy did a lot for women in uh, uh was it for women in television? Honestly, Joss Whedon like openly talking about feminism is like what was one of the things that started to turn me away from being conservative. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That was a big point for me. Yeah, no, and like uh, just the fact that again, so many people became inspired and went on to uh, create their own things, and it is hopefully allowing for us to progress for a better future. Mm-hmm. Again, that doesn't mean not holding them accountable because that does need to happen. People mm-hmm. just need to understand that you can't just you can't just lump it into the whole cancel what a uh, cancel or just ignore it. Things are a lot more fucking complicated than that. Agreed. Yeah, no, yeah, and like I think when these whole cancel mobs uh, happen people really need to take into account how much power this person has, like whether or not they deserve it is another thing. But like, for example, uh, there's a YouTuber uh, whose her channel is called ContraPoints. Her name is Natalie Wynn. Mm-hmm. And she included somebody in a video who uh, I can't remember exactly, but had some unfavorable things to say about non-binary people. And uh, Natalie Wynn is a trans woman who has been making content about uh, 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 trans and gender and like stuff like that uh, for a very long time. She's very, makes very, very good videos, uh, but a mob kind of jumped on her for that. And I'm not saying that like she didn't deserve criticism for that um, because this person was apparently very harmful. I wasn't really fully aware of who this person is, but according to a lot of people, this person was, uh, had done a lot of harm to the non-binary community. Um, and yeah, like she deserved criticism, but she got fully canceled and like, she like, couldn't, she left Twitter. She didn't make a video for like a a couple months and like caused her, she made a whole like hour and a half video about cancel culture as a result of that. Not just complaining either. I want to put that out there, but like, and like the, the physical and like mental stress and trauma that that inflicted on her for like that mistake she made. And I don't think stuff like that is fair. No, I even agree. if even if criticism is warranted, that sort of mob mentality is not fair, but also from the other side of the coin, there's probably a, a big part of that mob was probably trying to do some good faith criticism. But when you hear the same thing from hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of people over and over again, it does start to look like bullying. So it's I don't know, I just it's a really complicated situation like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and 
yeah, I hate and especially they... uh, ahead, I was it and especially with a problem of uh, uh, what is it? I associate where we've talked about like S. I uh, was it being a social justice bully versus a uh, mm-hmm. social justice warrior for somebody who actually advocates for real change. Mm-hmm. I have noticed uh, what is it the whole bullying thing continue to pop up a lot more, particularly among white liberals. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, definitely along among white liberals. I also see it pretty commonly among like people who are v- like very, very far left. I'm talking like like tankies. <laughs> yeah, or uh, or as I like to <laughs> even, call them, the pseudo like, left. Yeah, yeah. The, the online left is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's just like, and also we need to take into account. But again, like, uh, was it yes? Uh, was it terrible things or whatnot? But things also do have degrees. Mm-hmm. of like how much damage have been done like like i still stand by but the whole james gunn thing was fucking bullshit yeah i do yeah. believe that he should have been pushed to answer to it and make an apology the thing uh, is he had he had apologized for those tweets yeah, yeah the problem and the problem there is that with attitudes like this it's so easy to weaponize like which happened with james gunn because james gunn the whole thing started as a uh I was with literally him just being critical of the president's actions, despite the fact that he's not even like a leftist or in that, <laughs> or is it in that school of thought? But then some asshole on the far right was like, "Oh, these uh, these people are so easy to manipulate. Let's uh, find a way to weaponize this and turn it against one of your own." Right. Yeah. 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 You, you like with with each quote unquote canceling, you really have to look at the situation around it and like make up your mind based on the information. You can't just jump on the cancel wagon. No, definitely you know not. I mean? And I don't think any of us really ever do that. Like us personally, mm-hmm. we are currently having this conversation because we're talking about the idea of canceling some individuals because of their actions. Um, but we've gone into a little bit more of detail behind their actions and why mm. they've d- not necessarily why they because we can never know why they've done these things but that they've done these things and that mm-hmm. you know there's multiple sources that explain that these ha- things happened when it comes to the youtuber that you were mentioning i do have a question was the mm. was the episode that they were doing together was it about like um like was it about non-binary people? Did, uh, they, did they bring? Did they bring no. that person on to? No. Oh, so okay. So I, I guess I should clarify this. <laughs> this person, I can't remember his name, but he's he's a trans man, I believe. Uh, uh, I can't remember the position he held, but literally all he did was read one line. Because like a, a thing among this community of like video SES is they get people that like. Uh, as like sort of a collaboration, they get mm-hmm. other video essayists to come in and like read an excerpt of like a quote someone said or something yeah, like that. For sure. yeah, and yeah. she got and she got this person to come in and, and read a line. And this video didn't. I don't think I had. It was called Eloquence. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was just about like uh, aesthetic mostly, um, and like the philosophy surrounding that. Um, uh, but yeah, the video wasn't really about gender, as far as I remember. It's been a long time. Mm, um, okay. but yeah she brought him in he said one line but like and then also people started canceling people other people who had read lines in that video despite not even knowing this person was in it that's frustrating it's yeah. it's 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 wild because and yeah it, i mean i will go ahead i was gonna say i will also admit to the fact that i have been guilty of hopping onto a mob mentality thing sure we all like have. i had that with like i had yeah. that with the whole johnny depp and amber heard thing yeah mm-hmm and I still stand by, but I don't think in that case, like I still stand by, but there's, I don't think Johnny was a good partner. 
But now there's also a lot of other things that put things into context. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's most dangerous about that is it put a black mark on something that was very important and empowering for so many women. Yeah. And now more people aren't going to be believed. Yeah. So before next time, before you hop on a mob without what was it without listening for more information, consider that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's yeah, definitely that's kind of like the the conceit of this conversation is that like don't just jump on the bandwagon learn like mm -hmm. read into it and read your yeah. information don't just read the tweets you know like yeah there's some there's some information that falls between the lines on twitter that is damning and damaging i mean yeah there's other times where you'll read a tweet and you'll be like oh okay this actually has some information in it that i'm actually going to like put to heart and I believe yeah. with your opinion and I believe with what you're having to say in these 240 characters and but also you know don't just read that <laughs> yeah um, and, and even even when it comes to like the worst offenders if you're gonna go tweet at someone or like comment on their Instagram or whatever interact with them on social media stop and think about how many people have already said what you're gonna say and whether this is worth adding onto the pile. Exactly. Like, I'll admit, I've tweeted at JK Rowling a couple times telling her to leave trans people alone. But, <laughs> but like, uh, I almost wrote to our premier saying, hey, moron, fucking moron, <laughs> close the gyms. You know how many times I've tweeted at Jason Kenny? Uh, like, a lot. a lot. No, I almost just wrote in all caps, yeah. hey, mo or I actually almost just recorded my voice to attach to it being, hey, moron. Yeah. Fucking moron! I mean, yeah, I've, I've, also, I've also, I've also like slid into Rudy Giuliani's D, uh, DMs <laughs> and told him he's a piece of shit. Uh, but <laughs> I just, that's I, a fun. That's just funny though, because it he, is. Like, <laughs> um, I thought I try to make it funny at least, so it, yeah. like it doesn't hurt that much. Like I tweeted, I the first time I tweeted at J.K. Rowling, I just said leave trans people alone. Mm -hmm. The second time, uh, I said. Hey Joe, we talked about this. You got to stop. I thought we were friends. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I do remember that um, tweet. I one other but, thing yeah. I, I was going to add. I'm saying it's that right. It's just kind of funny. There have been things. <laughs> luckily, I was. There have been other things. Luckily, they haven't gotten a lot of traction. But it has led to the whole thing of like, guys, don't waste your time on nonsense like this. Fight the real enemy. Mm -hmm. Like uh, when uh, Steve Martin, uh, not long after Carrie Fisher passed. Uh, was it he wrote a uh, tweet uh what is it again i have no uh, uh was it from what i could detect there was no militia intended whatsoever he just wrote when i was a young boy i thought carrie fisher was the most beautiful woman i had ever seen and then it i uh, was it and as i got older i realized how uh, was it truly amazing and talented she is and everybody made a big mob and called for him to uh, delete it right it just how could you steve like uh <laughs> the fact that you pointed out that you thought she was beautiful first it's yeah. it's fine it's fine to point out that people are beautiful it is there's, that's it, fine. It is. also yeah, there's, uh there's one instance no where uh this one i could definitely see how it could come across badly but from what i understand it was just a uh was it a slip up mm -hmm. uh michael keaton was presenting at the uh i believe it was the 2017 uh 2018 golden globes where he accidentally mixed up the titles of two films which were uh hidden figures and fences mm. And he accidentally said figures and hitting fe hidden fences because I guess he's a Klansman. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, I God. mean, even going going into like more personal sense, you know, I was having a conversation with one of our patrons um, uh, not too long ago, and, and there was some misgendering going on. And it was purely out of ignorance and in like not out of like negative. Militia. ignorance. Yeah, it was just like. They didn't know. 
they didn't know that this individual w- had transitioned and and was mm-hmm. now going by a different name and a different pronoun and it was purely an educational moment just being like hey you, yeah. like you used the wrong name and th- and then from then on the rest of the conversation was was using the right pronouns and the right names. And also, we can't just hate people for being ignorant on certain subjects. You can only start to hate them or show, to show or show problem when it's a continuing behavior. Like, I was actually uh, talking to my aunt of mine about this, where um, where I've said like part of why it was probably easier for me to adapt onto a lot of this is because growing up, uh, what is it, uh, that being LGBTQ or whatnot was a lot more normalized for me, and that's a sense of my own privilege where it shows that. I uh, was it where like uh I was it I have this understanding partially because I was just lucky enough to be born in a situation where it got normalized for exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. Not everybody got that luxury. Some people were just raised by terrible racist evil fucking people or just yeah. people who never got informed themselves. Yeah, like I I was raised in a small town that was 99% white. When I went when I went to university, all of this was brand new to me, and I'm so grateful for pe- for people being patient with me. Yeah, like, <laughs> and and you and you didn't get canceled at all, right? No, <laughs> yeah, for, for for the things that you had said or the actions that you had made, because you were willing to learn and and yeah. and and take the things that people were saying to you to heart and realize that the damage that you might have done in the past, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's what we're getting at, and in. Like Liam has said, you know, um, well, I've said it, consequence culture. Um, Liam, you've called it um, Account, uh, accountable. It consequences and accountability. Yeah, accountability. Just be aware that, yes, mm-hmm. I have said these things. I'm accountable for them. I don't stand by the older version of myself. I'm not proud of that older version of myself. Yeah. But I'm willing to move past it, and I'm willing to yeah. hopefully become a better person because of it. And if people want to keep stomping you down because of – even though you've apologized that's honestly that's their problem there that's, was even, that, yeah. there's there's something wrong with that person there basically if, if you if you do something uh, if you say something wrong it's your responsibility to apologize and do better right it's it's it, like a beyond like that though that is what you i think that is like your duty to society and another uh, duty anything else is uh extra <laughs> and the other big thing that i want to reiterate to so many people which is that if you're going to be an ally or, or a supporter, you need to remember it is not about you. That's right. It's mm-hmm. never about you. Yeah, it's about the, it's about making the world a better place. <laughs> it, 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 it can be about what you can do. Yes. Yeah. But like, and, and, and like what you if you see something like, oh, so and so got canceled for this. And then you can take a look inside. Like, do I do something like that? Yeah. That can be like a wake up call for somebody. But yeah, ultimately, like there are things about it that you can use to improve yourself, but ultimately not about you. Yeah, like the amount of people that go to protests and stuff just for the clout, like and take Instagram photos and stuff of of the like when if they're there for the whole march, I don't really care what their what their uh, what their whole thing is. If they if they step into the march, take a picture and leave, then yeah, that pisses me off. And and we saw that. Yeah, yeah, we saw that a few times and it Mm -hmm. was that was Fuck off! <laughs> like, yeah, like if they're if they're there for the whole thing. To be honest, I don't really care why they're there. Okay. If if, if they're there for like the most of it, and they're actually they they are helping by being there. I don't really care why they're there. Okay. But like if they're if they're stepping in and be like, look at me, I'm a good person, and leave like yeah. two minutes later. That's yeah, it's, fucked it's up. not like taking um, a picture with 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 Pluto at Disneyland, you know, or, <laughs> not, um, or even in other cases. This uh, was this is one instance uh, that I remember encountering in my life that. I was that I'm going to be uh, pretty vague about, 
Uh, was it just because this was considerably a long time ago? But I remember I knew this guy who um, uh, was it who uh, grew up in the countryside and whatnot. A similar uh, environment to Lucas, mm-hmm. where um, probably smaller than uh, the town uh, was than the town he's from. I think it was only like three thousand people or so. Um, and uh, this guy said something that uh, I understood what he was trying to say, but it did come off as a little tone deaf because, well, the culture he was raised in, mm-hmm. where he was talking about essentially, he said something along the lines of like, uh, "What is it? Uh, was it? It's not my business whatsoever if you're." Uh, uh, was it gay or whatnot, or you don't, uh, or you're not a, uh, was there, if you're not into, uh, was it into uh, different genders? Uh, was it, it's just like, I just, uh, was it just, it's your business. I don't need to be involved with it. And I understood what he was trying to say, but then somebody immediately came in and just started bullying him into submission. I'm like, you need to take into account that this guy did not have this normalized the way, uh, yeah. was it in this yeah. way. Right. This is, this is, this is an improvement in a way because. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're, yeah. they're not like they're there's. Not, go ahead, Lucas. Uh, there is, I'm, I'm, I, I've kind of drifted away from being a fan of Jim Jeffries, but I do remember uh, a pretty decent joke he did a while back where he's like, uh, he finally got his dad used to the idea of gay people like being okay. Mm-hmm. Like his dad's like super old, grew up like in like rural Australia or something like that. I can't remember, uh, but like was was pretty homophobic for most of his life. But pretty recently, he's he's his mind has been changed. And then someone brought up trans people and he got really confused and kind of angry and they got really angry at him. And there was this argument and Jim Jeffries makes this joke like, guys, please just take the victory lap. Like he's really old. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. and also, He approved. I get it. It's not good, but like it's a step. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, if there's one thing I do want to say in like in the context of like what Lucas is saying here and that story, when I want to say to what I call. People like that who I've fondly come to describe as a woke-washed twit. I will say straight up where I'm like, is this the hill you are prepared to die on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I'm like, uh, here's an idea. Well, you're so- getting so preoccupied and butthurt about things like this that, let's face it, in the grand scheme of things, don't matter that much. You're allowing madmen and oppression and people and psychos to talk their ways into positions of power. Focus on that, maybe. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I do think some of the things that maybe you're belittling i don't want to use that phrase necessarily but putting down are worth dying on a hill for in terms of like us being in, in the form of an ally you know um you know dying on the certain hills is because no. you know i've just say that i've the ignorance of other people to, i'm just saying yeah, you're, that you're I've taking gr- sorry go on it good in the environment i've grown up i grew up in i've like i'm not going to go off on a whole life story thing or whatnot but Part of why this subject is as personal to me as it is, is because growing up, uh, what is it, is that I, even growing up in a very, I was in a fairly more conservative culture or whatnot, abuses like that I continued to see going on. I mm-hmm. uh, was at two people or whatnot where I'm like, I uh, was it, and I, I hate to say it like this, but like I've, I feel like I've been around the block long enough to tell when somebody <laughs> is genuine and dis, and incredibly disingenuous. Liam McGinnis, under thirty, around the block. <laughs> Sorry, I know age doesn't have anything to do with it. That was a that was a jab. In fact, in fact, maybe one of these days, maybe on the pro, post show, I'll go off and say signs that someone is disingenuous. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if, who Liam's pointing that finger at. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, building off of what Liam said, like why, like, I, I've also had a very similar way of of growing up. We all have, quite frankly, yeah. like we all kind of had 
are moments of prejudice throughout our lives um, that maybe lasted longer than they should have. Um, I didn't really start becoming aware of like other people's needs, <laughs> quite frankly, and other people's wants and the world around me until I was after like out of high school. You know, mm-hmm. like, be, like when I was in high school, I was like, bro, I was a fucking asshole, you know? Oh, I was terrible. Like I called, I, I wouldn't say I was a bully, but like a backdoor bully, you know, like a behind the back mm. kind of bully would say things about people that like mm-hmm. maybe, you know, I had, I had not some true. really, yeah, I had some really horrible beliefs. Like I, too, I, I literally told a gay person they were going to hell once. Yeah. Like I, there was some unforgivable shit that I said. There like, was, <laughs> yeah, like there was just so you don't feel bad for um, saying something you said <laughs> was like my my family, for example, referred to trans people as it um, until mm, I a, have heard until, that one as well. Yeah, until yeah. I was about twenty, I think, and mm. I was finally like, no, um, that person is a woman. They identify as a woman. You will refer to mm. them as a and, woman. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I will admit that. Um, I was a bad back when, uh, uh, what is it? I'll fully admit to myself that back when, and to you guys, that back when, uh, uh, what is it? The uh, non-binary movement of the uh, LGBTQ plus community started to become more normalized and started to become passed by law. I had some fairly turfy, ten- uh, was it tendencies around that time? Hmm. And I uh, was it, and for reasons I'm not going to fully get into. Yeah, not worth it. But here's the thing is also the fact that, I was it, there's, it's called growing the fuck up. Yeah. 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 And we, we're all always trying to grow, or at least should be trying to grow. Like that's not that, that's that's just a part of being human, and that's also a part of being people in positions of privilege, like us. Mm-hmm. Like like, and especially like, uh, at least for me, growing up really ignorant, I it it it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, yeah. and it's 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 completely on me. It's no one's job to teach me. I'm glad people did. But like it's no one's job to teach me this stuff, and it is entirely my job to become a better member of the community. But it it was difficult. Like I had to rewire my brain in a lot of ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell and people who have got who are starting to go down that road, or from and from experience, I could say it's not easy. There's a lot of decoding you need to do. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I was it's something you got to do because I hate to say it like this, but sometimes what's right is right. And in my yeah. humble opinion. Part of uh, what is it? What, what is it? The biggest part of the human experience of a journey is to move forward, continue moving on, better yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> this got and, personal. Uh, and I hope, and I hope <laughs> that I, and I hope that I've been a reasonable supporter by, uh, by sharing that. And yeah. If not, I tried. I think it's, yeah. it's funny how like every 10 episodes or so we come back to topics like this. Um, mm-hmm. I don't say it's funny. I think it's important that we do, uh, I guess 11th episode. Um, because it definitely shows our milestones, you know, like mm-hmm. for, for a lot of the, like we've mentioned this before. I don't know if we've actually mentioned this on the show before, but like, like being famous isn't a fucking priority for us by any stretch of the imagination. No. Uh, we record these podcasts so that we have a record of our friendship in a way. Yeah. And, I and, do it because it and, gives me an excuse to chat with my friends and just always yeah. on like-minded subjects yeah and i mean yeah it's it's funny because when we're off the air this is more so how we talk to each other versus when we're on the show like when we're on the show it's a little bit more streamlined like we need to have conversations there's a little bit more room for for i wouldn't say discussion versus we bicker versus we discuss on mm-hmm. like when we discuss on the show we bicker when we're off the show right and and you know like well i'll say stuff to lucas that's 
just ridiculous because it's, you know, because I like, he's my friend and I tr- can trust him with some of the things that I say and whatnot. And same thing with Liam, right? Um, having said that, uh, like, I do appreciate that we can come back to these because like I said, it shows our milestones. It shows how we're growing as individuals um, and how like every couple of months we need to have these conversations because these conversations are never going to stop happening. Like, and, the, um, like it's, it's a part of the public eye to have or part, part of the public conversation to continue to have conversations about, you know, um, social movement and social change. And, and also, but also talk about when somebody's fucked up. And how that yeah. person's fuck, how that person's fuck up can make you feel, and how that can yeah. how make you grow as an individual, right? Yeah, and like uh, also like actively trying to grow, I just want to say does not uh, make you immune to criticism. People are exactly. totally allowed to criticize you for fucking up, even if you are trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just think if someone is trying, be gentle. Like, <laughs> and uh, don't. And also, if you make mistakes, don't just bury them and never think about them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Continue to hold on. Uh, was it? Don't. Uh, was it? Hold on to it. Don't like just throw it to the side. Take what you've learned from that and find value in it, and allow that to and use that to make yourself to become a better person. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Or at least how the be- or at least. Uh, what is it? It's like what? It's, it's, or at the very least, just do your best. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And sometimes your best isn't good. Isn't good enough, but that's okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to the fourth most powerful episode of the Thundercast. <laughs> um, like closely followed by a few others. Um, yeah. So I don't want to just stop having this conversation. So if you are, um, oh man, I'm going to plug something. I feel bad that I'm fucking doing this. But um, if you do want to listen to us, maybe continue to have a similar conversations, then make sure you go to patreon.com slash thunderlizard and go check out the post show. Uh, odds are we're probably going to have a little bit more of a conversation like this. So if this is a conversation you like, please let us know on all of our social medias, which we'll plug at the end of the show. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate when we have these yeah. kinds of conversations. I always really mm-hmm. do. I like, Same. Yeah. You're both really bright. <laughs> Make me feel dumb sometimes, but it's it's just the lights. <laughs> We're all pretty well lit right now, isn't it? Yeah, we are. Not bad. Not bad. It's a lot better than this. A lot better than before. Um, yeah, we're gonna go for break real quick, and uh, we're gonna come right back for uh, Cool Wars. So, uh, Cool Wars. I'm so glad Lucas is back. All right, we'll see you all in a minute. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Lucas. My name is Christian. And I'm Liam, here with another podcast that just talks about movies. Here, sorry, right. can, we go, can we go for that one more time? You were burping halfway through that, Liam. Yeah. Let's go for, let's go for that one again. I don't know, I don't know right. if people want to hear another podcast about movies with a little bit of indigestion on top of it. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to the Thundercast. Uh, we are here. <laughs> once again <laughs> uh we're here we're back for what an intro i know right uh it's like nothing's changed from episode to episode <laughs> <laughs> we have a very we have a very uh long in-depth conversation about things and then i fuck it all up <laughs> uh, sounds about right Don't worry, i fucked up the beginning so we're even yeah knock it out of the park everybody <laughs> here we go okay yeah we're here we're back with another episode of cool wars cool wars 
Wars. That's right. Cool Wars is a game we like to play at the end of every single episode of the Thundercast, where in which we pit characters against each other in a bit in a battle of coolness. Coolness de, de, um, defined by all of the definitions of the word cool. Feel free to go um, Google the word cool and read all of those definitions. I'm not going to do it for you anymore. Um, uh, yeah, we're going to pit two people against each other. The other rule is that they're not physically fighting. This is purely a battle of cool. Liam, who do we have on the plate today? Uh, today we have Austin Powers versus Veronica Mars. That is right. That's right. Um, Liam, you want to put 10 minutes on the clock there? I think we're lowering the time. I used to say 12 minutes, didn't I? No, it's 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Oh, no, we did eight yeah. minutes for the live show. That's mm. right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, 10 minutes, please, on the All right. clock. All right. I'm the, I, believe, uh, I believe I'm the only one who's seen Veronica Mars, so I guess I will cover, cover Veronica Mars. Yeah, we'll let you, we'll let you start with Veronica. And, okay. Yeah. Are we, All right. are we rolling? And uh, three, two, one, go. All right. So Veronica Mars, uh, the show is is like a noir sort of uh, like gumshoe story, but it's it's in high school, and it's it's not as lame as it sounds. Uh, <laughs> uh, is it like? Is I'm assuming makes it sound a little bit more like brick, but with a budget. <laughs> kinda actually a little bit. Like it, it gets fucking dark, uh, but like Veronica herself is like this. Uh, a teenage girl who's like uh, tough as nails, doesn't take anybody's ship, doesn't take anybody's shit, no, and will tase, yeah, <laughs> and will tase you if she has to. Oh, right. um, <laughs> there are multiple times when she tases people, and it's great. Um, but like, uh, she gets embroiled in a lot of uh, crazy schemes and like mysteries, and like, there's a lot of heavy themes like there's uh there's like uh affairs there's murder of course there's uh some sexual assault there's like there's a lot of really really heavy themes in the show i haven't watched it in a very long time so i don't know if it holds up <laughs> so i'm going off my impression when i watched it when i was like 21 uh but veronica it is it's, it's a bit of an archetype archetype but uh kristen bell play, plays her very mm -hmm. well like i said tough as nails uh nice. detective Sorry, and I know it's one of Kristen Bell's most popular roles. It's like yeah. the breakout performance, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then Austin Powers, who up against Austin Powers, who is uh, uh, Bond, if original uh, Roger Moore Bond, if that were any more goofy than it already was, <laughs> <Yes>. significantly <laughs> more goofy. Really groovy, pushes it, baby. yeah, groovy. Um, and I also will say straight up that. I am not a fan of the Austin Powers movies in retrospect. Yeah. I should also, yeah, building off of what Liam's saying, um, those movies have not aged well. Uh, <laughs> not, particularly. not particularly. I will I, I will hold that the beginning of Goldmember is very funny. With John Travolta? No, with Tom Cruise as Austin Powers. I thought that was very funny. Danny personally. DeVito as uh, Mini-Me. Yeah, it's John Travolta as, as, as Dr. Evil, though, I'm pretty no, sure. It's, no, it's, Kevin, it's unfortunately Kevin Spacey. Oh, it's okay. The biggest problem I've always had with, uh, or at least as a kid, I thought they were all funny, but as an adult looking back on Austin Powers is just, it just sums up all, most of my problems with Mike Myers' sense of humor to begin with. Mike Myers just, in the like, 2000 sense of humor. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. 90 and the later 90s cuz that's when Austin Powers started. Oh, right. Where it's yeah. all where it's all just penis jokes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot not of it really is, much yeah. else. Most um, most of it is sex jokes, but that's kind of the point yeah. of the series cuz he's yeah. he's a like he's a sex crazed secret agent. He's Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but hyperbolized to the 10th degree, mm -hmm. you know, like 
that's for a lot of people that is what's funny about those is that it's a yeah. sex comedy before sex comedies and like sex road comedies were a thing right it's just versus also i think versus just also the fact that if you watch all of them verse brings there where i'm like the jokes are so much based around uh, was it other references to things that were going on around that time where I'm like, a lot of them I don't even get anymore. Yeah, yeah like Ozzy Osbourne shows up yep. at some point to like yell at the TV or something. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> like they make a joke about the Alan Parsons project, which, mm. yeah, is a band um, that are, that weren't even topical at the time of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also just like weird moments where I'm like, uh, I just don't get what the joke was supposed to be like. There's this point where uh, Fat Bastard's talking to Dr. Evil and uh, Mini Me, where he's like, if I help you, I get to keep your little one. He starts making this kissing sound towards him. I'm like, like, (laughs) okay, I don't really get why that's supposed to be funny. Because he wants to eat him. Yeah, Yeah. but I'm like, so? like, Yeah. Because he's fat, he likes to eat. Yeah, because he's That's basically the joke. (laughs) There are, I'll say that there's some jokes that hold up, like uh, in the first one, the henchman, like, holding out his hand and be like stop to the like the the steamroller that's, that's pretty funny yeah. and then like delivering the news to the family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no i think it's just that it always just uh, all, all the jokes or whatnot just led to uh just just cheap puns at um uh, was it at up uh, like genitalia or like or it's like oh it's, it's that satellite which looks like melons and it's a lady holding melons right yeah. in i uh, was yeah yeah. Or I mean, or, I mean it's like oh and his name's Gold Member because of course his penis is made of gold. Yeah. It's made of gold. <laughs> um I, uh, I don't I, I don't hate the they definitely have not I haven't seen them in a while but like thinking about the scenes and rewatching some of the scenes uh a lot of it has definitely not aged well. I don't true. hate those movies though. I yeah. just think that they set a precedent for why Mike Myers fell, which is that the repetition of his humor and just how without proper support he's not great at a really making you care uh, mm-hmm. was it and this especially then well came to a head with future program uh, with or future films like the love the cat in the hat or the love guru <laughs> yeah yeah he didn't write the cat in the hat though so uh actually he ad lived a lot of that movie in oh. fact part of I uh, was it he said that the script was terrible and i'll make it at work because i'm forced to do it and i'm like <laughs> i don't even get what most of the things you threw in there were all right That's veronica <laughs> Veronica. <laughs> Veronica. <laughs> I haven't seen your show. I might one day. Oh, but... was that our vote? Was that our vote? I, I, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I think it might have been. I think that might have been it. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I was. I, 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 I haven't seen Veronica Mars in a very long time. Uh, uh, so again, there might be some things in there that don't hold up. Yes, uh, but I really enjoyed it at the time. Um, Veronica, she, she's she's the archetype of. Uh, extremely tough stoic person who's actually very soft inside right um that sort of, that sort of trope i like that trope is that where so the marshmallow thing comes from yes because uh, a character a character calls her a marshmallow her, her a marshmallow and that's where the the fan base name came from Aww. <laughs> okay is that, so that's our vote because i was asking lucas to say more about veronica okay. mars but it sounds like we have already come up with it that, are <laughs> you we, can ask the question veronica mars i think no oh, yeah. no my question was more about Veronica, and then. <laughs> oh, okay, I've, I've I've said basically everything I have to say. Okay, I think it we've will. made our vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you can stop the clock, Liam. How much okay. time do we have left? Yeah, how much time? Three minutes. Okay, oh. that's not so bad. I, th- I thought we were. I thought we we had we had only been talking for three minutes, and I was a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, we got to fill eight minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this has been. 
the Thundercast for this week. Uh, if you like what you heard, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Thunder Lizard Collective. You can also find us on Twitter at Thunder Lizard OG. You can find all of those right beneath me on the screen. Um, and also in in the show notes. Um, so make sure you go and check that out. Um, if you did like this, make sure to go and tell a friend. Uh, share us on social media. You know, Give us a follow on Spotify. Give us five stars on iTunes and do the equivalent on any other streaming platform. Uh, make sure you go and check out our Patreon, which I've already plugged multiple times throughout the show. Uh, that's going to be a normal thing moving forward. I'm going to plug it multiple times. Uh, so you can find us by going to uh, patreon.com slash thunderlizard. Uh, if you go there, you're going to be able to find uh, the show early. Um, you're going to be able to sh- find our other shows early. That includes TND. When it comes back, we're going to be able to do the show um, there early. We do have another show that's in the works um, where it's just the three of us again, but a little bit more refined. We're going to be talking about a book. We're going to be doing a book club. Um, so make sure you get hype about that. Um, we might be bringing, I might be bringing back uh, Expose Yourself in some degree. Um, that'll be a YouTube-only show. So make sure you you go and check that out and you follow and us on YouTube. I'm convinced that Lucas and I show is never going to see the, uh, see the light of day. Who knows? Who I knows? completely forgot about that. <laughs> yep. In fact, we also We've never, never talked really, about it on the show. We also never got yeah. around to changing the name. Yes. Okay. And I do want to thank our Patreon sponsors. I would like to thank Kate M, Tanya A, Scott J, Manos V, and Owen F. So thank you very much for all of your help and all of your patronage. Uh, I appreciate. Did I say that right? Is that the right word? Who cares? Uh, patronage. Yeah, that's it. Um, thank you for helping us out and making this show possible. Uh, we appreciate it a lot. So anyway, this has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam. See ya. Okay, we are recording again. All right. We, I wasn't recording any of that because this is for us. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, I'm going to wet my whistle. It's a callback to the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>